Brand new podcast today, New Orleans, Austin, Dallas, Body Shots World Tour this weekend, and then I got a two-week break. Where are you going? She's taking a fucking phone call in the middle of this podcast? What kind of commitment my wife has. Uh, the tour's been awesome. Uh, thank you. Everyone came out in Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, and Vegas. Fort Lauderdale, I'm apologizing very candidly to my friends at Vixen's. I was supposed to go out and go to this strip club. The show got done at midnight. Our car was picking us up at 3.30. And our plan was pack our bags, take them to the strip club, stay at the strip club until 3.30, and then go from the strip club to the airport. Oh, guess who just showed back up? We're going to a strip club? Vixens. Vixens. In Florida? In Florida, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And we didn't go. We didn't go because we were tired and I went back to my, my room in the bus and I went to sleep. Good for you. Although, you know, I don't care if you go to strip club. I know. You know, girls got to make a living. Yep. And uh, so next time I'm in Fort Lauderdale's, I'll be hitting up Vixens. I apologize, guys. I really do. Uh, that, no, I'm not, I wasn't in much of a strip club mood. I was about to see my wife. I know. I put a big damper on strip clubs, huh? No. Yeah. Uh, my wife has a big scar on her face, for those of you wondering. Oh, I thought you were going to say big boobs. So that's you why you didn't want to go to the strip club. <laughs> you, have, you do have big boobs. I do have. I don't have a scar, but I have stitches. I don't have a scar yet. You'll have a scar tomorrow when they take the stitches out. I know. I'm kind of anxious about taking those stitches out, yeah. Are you nervous about the scar? I am a little nervous about the scar because I know I'm going to have to really stay out of the sun, and I'm really not good at that. I'm not, I don't think to put a hat on. I don't think to wear a sunscreen. And I'm going to have to start doing that. Grow a mustache. Mm, good idea. It's right on her lip. It's really scary because if she's not pretty anymore. I'm not pretty anymore. Hey, Maybe you texting. should go stop to that test club. I'm just texting be, people who are asking me to pick up their kids from school so that they can be chill present out. in this podcast. I am present. I'm so present. I listened to our intro from last week and it made me giggle. Why? Because you were on fucking fire. You know, I am usually on fucking fire. Uh, you just don't ever let me talk. We partied in Vegas this weekend. Oh, my God. Leanne got day drunk. So bad. And got the night shakes. It was awful. Someone let us know what if that happens to you. Because Leanne, lately, that's happened twice to Leanne where it's like she drinks in the day and then... I'm done. And then all of a sudden, her heart races. My heart starts racing. My heartbeat was like at, what, 115? Like my resting heart rate was so fast. And I just felt like, I didn't feel like I was going to throw up. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I felt like shaky on the inside. I think I just had too much sugar. I mean, I did have six mimosas and a screwdriver. There's a lot of orange juice right there and liquor. And then I had a cucumber gin drink so i had, I had three of those prosecco vodka this is fun to do is point out gin. how many drinks people have had but i don't ever drink so for me that was really a massive amount vegas was fun as fuck. and it was in four hours yeah the flight home was great we flew southwest the flight home was hysterical it was because tom got popeyes and was eating it and made the most disgusting bowl of food did you our see buddy, his bowl of food not tom segura our buddy tom uh hayslip did you see his bowl of food yeah it was disgusting. Well, he had red beans and rice, and in that he put a biscuit and chopped up chicken and coleslaw. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, uh, it's been a fun. It's been a fun life. I've been having a good time in life. <laughs> Why are you done? I've been, I've been having. I, I guess. I guess I've been having a great time in life lately. Yeah, life's pretty good. Yo, if you're going with dealing with depression issues, uh, get help. 
I, I just want to say this is that I'm, I've never been happier than I've ever been, but I've had low parts of my life. Yeah, totally. And I, and, and, uh, and, and I, Leanne got me into therapy and it was very helpful. Yeah. I did it via Skype. And there, there was an institute Leanne used that mm-hmm. where early on where it told you exactly how much you could pay. And so it didn't, everyone, it was like a communist kind of, right? Like they were like. A communist? No, they charged you based on what you could afford. So, in, I mean, when I started, I paid $25 a session. It's kind of a win-win. This is called the Wright Institute. I don't know if they're everywhere or if they're just in L.A., but um I know that there was something similar to this in New York when I was in New York, too. So you go in and you speak to an intake person and they place you with a therapist who kind of is specializes in what you need based on that intake interview. And they charge you based on what you can afford. So don't. But my point being is that uh, I'm happier than I've ever been, but I've had low ports in my life, too. And in those parts, I had a wife that was strong enough to like get me into therapy. And so, but I, I get a lot of emails and I run into a lot of people at these shows who say the podcast got you through a low time. That's the point of the podcast. It's just there to lighten your day. Right. Hopefully these are, these are fun. This podcast today is fucking really good because it, it really shows the lightness that happened with Ben Bailey. He was a good friend of mine. I've known him for 20 years. And he was pretty heavy at times in his life. And I think it was because he was unhappily married. Mm. And he had the strength to get out of that marriage and restart his life. Man, he was, I mean, you asked Halston, he was, this is a fun fucking podcast. Yeah? Yeah, and I'm really proud of him. So I think he went to therapy. And so. Therapy is amazing. Taking, it's, first of all, it's the first step in taking control of your own life. That's right. And taking not just control, but taking responsibility for it. I think a lot of people don't want to take responsibility. And that's something very different than being in control. You're never really in complete control of your life. I'm in control. But you can be responsible for your life and saying, okay, how much of this is me and how much of this is not me? And just taking responsibility for the pieces that are you. There's a lot of times where you can go victim, victim, victim. And then at one point you got to go, hold on. And is this me? Yeah, exactly right. You go, okay, for example, my mother's getting her sixth divorce. She really believes she's married six really shit guys. At what point do you go, huh, you know, the common denominator in these six divorces is me. Maybe there's something a little off with me. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. You can't continually point the finger outside yourself. Are we partying tonight? I'm not fucking partying tonight, no. Okay. Are you kidding? Our children were crying this morning crying because they were so tired because they'd been at this perpetual sleepover because we were in Vegas. Like two of the no. impressions of the two different girls. Oh my God. This morning was hysterical. Georgia was. I woke Georgia up and I can tell when she's feeling really sorry for herself when I wake her up because I'll go, hey baby, good morning. And she'll go, mm-hmm. And I go, okay, here we go. Are you crying? Mm-hmm. okay she's totally crying why are you crying i just feel overwhelmed okay so she gets up starts her day right isla gets up starts her day they actually get up pretty good and then isla i come in and she is on the couch hoodie up on her hoodie uh facing the back of the couch so i see her back and the hoodie up on her hood and i sit down on the coffee table and go everything okay baby I just, I hate everything today. I hate everything. And I was like, yeah, I, I've had days. I hate the world. I hate the world. And I said, I understand. I've had days where I hate the world too. So yeah, we got to be in the car in like two minutes. So 
Oh, I forgot to tell you this. She said, so can you take Georgia to the bus stop and then come back and get me and then take me to school? I was like, no, you'll be 20 minutes late for school if I do that. No, we have to all leave at the same time. Where's your homework? Is it in your backpack? No. Is your lunchbox in your backpack? No. Do you have your books in your book bag? No. Do you have your change of clothes? No. Where are your shoes? Not on my feet. And I went, okay, well, we need to be in the car in two minutes, so let's get going. So I get them in the car. I have too many bags. Georgia, Georgia goes, I said, Georgia, what's the matter? She goes, I'm just overwhelmed. I said, why are you overwhelmed? She said, I just, I have too many bags. <laughs> you have too many bags? She goes, I have a softball bag. I have a lunch bag, I have a book bag, and I have a bag for my clothes for softball. It's just too many bags. I can't wait to drive so I don't have to deal with so many bags. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. What a fucking jackass. <laughs> oh my God. I, th- I kept thinking, you don't even know problems, girl. You got no problems. No problems at all. And I was like, well, maybe we should carabiner one bag to the next. No. It won't work. I just have, I said, okay, well, maybe we should get one I large bag. I just have bag. to barrel through this the best I can, I Mom. just victim Victoria, victim Victoria. Well, we got to do something fun tonight. I'm going over to Tommy's right now. Yeah. I was thinking about bringing a bottle of Tito's. Have I will not be drinking. Over oh, oh you mean over at Tommy's. At Tommy's. I should call him and see if it's okay if I bring a Tito's. Well, all you can do is say no, and then you put it back in your bag. No, he does not tell me not to drink. Well, I mean, I you know. Well, then fuck. why are you calling and asking him? Just don't fuck with him. Today's podcast is brought to you by Untuck It. Motherfuck it. Untuck It has the best goddamn shirts ever. Yeah, they do. I did a Polestar Award. I went in. Untuck It was nice enough to give me a, a shirt to see if I liked it. By the way, I've been hearing about Untuck It for about nine years. I've been hearing about Untuck It because I like to have my shirts untucked. But if you get a shirt at Brooks Brothers... And you untuck it, you look like you're Ebenezer Scrooge in a right. sleeping gown. You're gonna you're gonna do the night before Christmas. Some same with Banana Republic. Banana Republic, not all their shirts are meant to be untucked. You're right. Same with Gap. And I would argue some of the Gap ones, the flat ones, are are cut too high, and you look like you're wearing a baby doll tee. Right. These shirts are tailored to be untucked. I have been wanting to work with this company for so long. And they did not let down. I got a double XL. I'm normally an XL, although maybe I'm teetering on a double XL. You might be teetering. Shut up, Leanne. Well, come on. Let's just be honest. I got a double XL, and it it didn't look like a double XL. It fit like an XL, and it fit nice and comfy, and it untucked right just just past your pocket line, like not not too aggressive. Yeah. And it's got a nice little red tag, so it's like so it's it's fancy. It's meant to be untucked. Yeah, it's polished. And it came off very easy. I un- I unbuttoned three buttons uh-huh. to do that event and then ripped it off on stage ripped and it. it slid off beautifully. It's a great quality uh, blend shirt. I think it's, I think it's just 100% cotton. I'm sure I've got some. You've got some specs. Yeah. Uh, over 50 fit combinations. Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Uh, they really are fantastic shirts. If you want some shirts, you can go on their website and you can get a a, a different of array and know that they all fit the same. Right. They all they're all going to fit roughly the same. They're, it really is a fantastic shirt. Go to untuckit.com, visit one of Untuckit's 50 stores across the US and Canada. Untuckit even offers free shipping and returns on all orders in the US. Use the promo code BERTCAST for 20% off your first purchase. So if you want 
the perfect fitting shirt. And fuck, I cannot reiterate this more. It is the perfect fitting shirt. It is my Michael Jordan shirt in my closet. Really? My go- yeah. We had some of those ones we got for the photo shoot that were my go-to shirts. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I am not s- overselling this. I am just being very honest. Yeah. It is the best shirt I have in my closet right yeah, now. Yeah, it's a great shirt. Without a fucking doubt. Without. It makes you want to wear a collared shirt. And I should mention also, the collars aren't too high on your cheeks, so you feel like wearing a neck brace. It's a really great fucking shirt. So if you want one of these perfect fitting shirts, regardless of your shape or your size, that's me. Try Untuck It. Try the original Untuck It shirt. And remember, use the promo code BERTCAST for 20% off your first purchase. Go to untuckit.com or you can go to one of their 50 Untuck It stores across the U.S. and Canada. Use the promo code BERTCAST for 20% off your first purchase. Thank you so much, Untuck It. I'm so glad to be working with these guys. I really do love that fucking shirt. Yeah. Almost as much as I love Squarespace. I know. I love Squarespace. Squarespace is phenomenal. It took something that you you had to learn freaking HTML codes back in the day to put together a website. You had to pay $50,000 to put together a website. Yeah. Back when I first started this business, Dane Cook paid $50,000. When my first website was like $5,000, that's a lot of money to invest in yourself. Totally. As opposed to going to Squarespace. And if you have a creative business plan or idea if you're a a graphic artist or you have something to sell online you can go to squarespace and make your own website for very minimal uh with very minimal insights you don't need to know anything about web design or anything leanne made my website burtburtburt.com she did it top to bottom soup to nuts by herself and you enjoyed the process i did it was really very uh intuitive it was super easy to figure out and they have customer service. I and you know honestly, I like um chatted with the customer service person. I didn't even call them. I just did the live chat. It was really great. Yeah. Beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Powerful e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything online. The ability ability to customize the look and feel setting products with more than just a few just more than a few clicks. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions i'm telling you everyone i know is using squarespace yeah all my friends that all the big podcasts they're all through squarespace and doing it mostly because it's affordable and it's easy yeah that's right and so if you want to start a website to promote whatever you sell or have to offer with your abilities or or whatnot if you're a creative person all you got to do is go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer promo code BERTCAST to save 10% off your purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com and enter the promo code BERTCAST. Do you want to stop that fucking dog? It's your dog too. It's fucking driving me goddamn nuts. It's driving me nuts. No, that's, that's your her. dog. That's your dog. She's Oh, and now, oh, that goes the podcast. Priscilla's in. Mona's in. Rat dog. She was staring at you. I couldn't even see her. This podcast is also brought to you by Joybird. Joybird couches fucking rock. They're awesome. We have a friend trying to buy our Joybird couch <laughs> from us. I know, and I like just... Just go to joybird.com and buy your own. I know. And she goes, no, no, no. I want this one. I want this one. They're like, they got that one there. It's at, Joybird is uh, the reason we're buying a podcast studio. I was a little off mic. 
That's the reason we're buying a podcast studio is because... Because we have a couch. They sent us a couch and we <laughs> love the couch and we didn't have space for it. We're like, fuck, we need a podcast studio now so we can use this couch. It's a great, sturdy couch. It's a great, sturdy and the fabric is really, really nice fabric. It's, it, it, this is not an inexpensive couch, but it does have an inexpensive price tag. It's a great couch. From idea to reality, they empower you to create the space and furniture that brings you joy. They have chairs too. They have chairs too. Yeah, they, they have do. everything in there. Yeah, they do. I think so. What made you choose the couch we chose? I just loved it. I um, I love the it's turquoise. I love the color, and I just loved it. I thought it looked like a great couch. It's great because it lets you turn your ideas and realities with hundreds of styles and options. Did yeah, you know that? I did. From mid-century modern to modern contemporary classics, That's right. customizable in any array of fabric choices, from rich buttery leather to plush velvets and every color imaginable what's so interesting is the couch you chose mm -hmm. i did not think was your style it's more of a contemporary couch correct it is it's mid-century modern yeah and why did you choose that i i just liked it i like the look of it and i i, I like the color i really chose it for the color what's great is they're not just these fucking pushed out things each Joybird piece is made by hand with care and precision using high-quality hardwood, responsibly sourced material fit for your exact specifica specifications. Limited lifetime warranty included 360-day home trial. That's crazy. Skip the furniture store and bring the showroom to you. Sit on it. Sleep on it. Let your dogs get on it. Break it in. And if you don't love it, Joyboard will return it for a full refund. That's great. How crazy is that? Hassle-free in-home delivery. They even remove all the packaging materials, which is fucking great. Yep. Free returns within two weeks of delivery. Did I say that correctly in the beginning part? Free returns within two weeks of delivery. So if in two weeks you don't like it, Send it back. Send it back. Yeah. How great is that? Pretty great. It's it's win-win, guys. See how Joybird is revolutionizing the online furniture shopping. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash BurtCast. Go to joybird.com slash BurtCast and receive, receive, receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the promo code Birdcast. I'll read it again because that was so unclear, but we'll leave that first one in because I think it delivers a comedic effect. Go to joybird.com slash birdcast and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the promo code birdcast. Thank you, Joybird. You brought us so much joy last night as we all sat on this couch. Yeah. Um, it's a great couch. This podcast is also brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Are you one of the 64% of Americans that drink coffee daily, like my wife, Leanne Kreischer? Every day. Every day? Every day. I can't drink it every day. I love it. Uh, some days, I, I like to drink it before a show, but I, there's something about coffee, I don't know. I think it's, it's such a good treat. I love coffee. Well, my, let me introduce you to my friends at Four Sigmatic. These guys have been making drinking mushrooms a thing since 2012. Drinking mushrooms? Did you say drink, drinking mushrooms, Bert? I think you did. Yeah. Well... Four Sigmatic sells mushroom coffee that actually tastes great and is fucking awesome for you. The founding guys at Four Sigmatic grew up foraging mushrooms in Finland. That's right. Finland's been fucking with mushrooms for centuries. They've been brewing mushroom tea for hundreds of years, and they knew that mushrooms 
or some of the world's most nutritious foods. So they brought it to America in a format they knew we could wrap our heads around. Coffee. It's all about, life is about delivery systems. Mm -hmm. If we can have a product and get you into a delivery system you're comfortable with, then you will love that product because it's the delivery system. Most likely, yeah. Did I just say nothing at all? A whole, lot, a whole lot of nothing at all. Mushroom coffee has half the caffeine of regular coffee, which is awesome if you're someone like me that wants a cup of coffee before you go on stage, but you don't want to be jittering in the back of your tour bus. It's truly magical. While these shrooms don't make you high, they will help you think. Personally, I think mushroom coffee is way more easier on my gut. My gut dictates my anxiety. So if I have a cup of coffee, I'm good on the show. But then my anxiety is jacked up that evening. Mm. And if I have a flight the next morning to, uh, say, uh, say Las Vegas mm -hmm. and all the guys want to go to a strip club, I am sitting there with a rock gut because I had a cup of coffee. Mm. Well, mushroom tea doesn't fuck with your gut that way. That's what it And it also didn't give you that jittery fucking feeling. Mushroom coffee has two rock star shrooms in it. Lion's Mane and Chaga. Lion's Mane is my favorite functional mushroom. I just can't get enough of it. It's your best. <laughs> it's your baby. It's your baby. It's your, it's your brain's best friend. Chaga, on the other hand, is a winter necessity in my book. Is it? It helps support your immune system because who has time to get sick? I'm going to have a cup of mushroom coffee before I go over to Tommy's. You do it. I'm going to do lion's mane. Mushroom coffee is easy to use and it comes in single serving packets. Stash them at your desk, your gym bag, in your suitcase, anywhere. Oh, oh, oh. Did I mention it's USDA organic or paleo certified? No, you didn't. It has zero grams of sugar and calories. Love it. Just a whole lot of fucking power. No calories? No calories. Nice. And right now we have a special offer for the BurtCast audience. Receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic offer. Order. Go to foursigmatic.com slash BurtCast or use the discount code BurtCast at checkout. Spell it out, Burt. That's Four Sigmatic. F O R. That's four sigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash BERTCAST or use the discount code BERTCAST at checkout for 15% off. I'll spell it again. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash BERTCAST or once again, use the promo code BERTCAST at checkout for 15% off. Thank you so much for Sigmatic. And that is our reads, everybody. That's Thank everybody? I think so. Maybe I want to check it again. Yeah, that's everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Squarespace. Thank you. Untuck it. For Sigmatic. Thank you, Joybird. And thank you, Untuck, Untuck it. it. Yeah. Really great. I mean, you can have a great life if you just lived off these ads. If yeah. you sent me to an island for 30 days. And oh, I you mean lived off the product that you advertise? What? You mean live off the products that you advertise? Yeah. What did yeah. I say? Live off the ads. Yeah, yeah. If you just lived off listening to these ads, I think your life would be pretty yeah, shallow. You're like, yeah. well, I like podcast. I just like the ad reads personally. Yeah, I don't right? to the podcast. Um, no, if you sent me on a desert island and I just lived off these ads, these people that sponsor, yeah, pretty fucking nice life. Yeah, really nice. Pretty, and we got some great ones coming up. Yep. Today's podcast is truly one of my favorite because I've known Ben for so long. And there was a part of Ben, I think Ben will admit it, I think we'll all admit it, where he was, he didn't, he hadn't found himself. He wasn't happy, fully happy. And had all the success, beautiful child, uh, big, great house, uh, hit TV show, big touring, uh, 
but he wasn't totally happy. And he made a change he, personally. He decided to make a change. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that on the podcast. And I'm, it, it's a moving podcast because it's, and we talked about this at the beginning, but it's great to see someone taking charge of their own life mm-hmm. and being responsible for their own decisions. Mm-hmm. And now when you see Ben, God damn it, he's got like a light around him. That's great. And he's killing it, lives right down the street from his daughter. I think it's his daughter, right? Yeah, it's his daughter. I'm pretty sure it's his daughter. I think he's got one kid. Does he have two kids? He might have two kids. I don't know. You'll hear well, about it. Well, you'll find podcast. out, right? Yeah, I don't listen very well sometimes, no, people. No, not very but, well. Uh, but he's killing it. He's got this uh he's got this web series that he's putting together i forget the name of it do you remember the name of it wham wham, wham. wham which also means black black woman looking for asian male <laughs> blam oh my god he didn't know that when he started it he was like ah. but it's badly written action uh movie uh-huh and it's fucking hilarious and it's shot really great and all my friends are in it so uh, you're going to love this podcast. You're going to love this podcast. I'll see you on tour. Body Shots World Tour. New Orleans, Dallas, Austin this weekend. And uh, and have a great fucking day. And if, you, and if you're someone that's sitting in a hole a little bit, listen to this podcast and realize that Ben Bailey decided to do exactly what you can do today. Yep. Have a great fucking week. I love you with all my heart. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast, Ben Bailey. Somebody gave you that thing? Yeah. And dude, I got rid of my trusty, easy to use treadmill where you could just set it on a four, put a, get a box of wine, and watch guys' grocery grains. <laughs> and then I fucking got that thing, and now it's like you, you gotta want to work out. Dude, I think I just left some big, dusty shoe prints on it. You um, should see the dirt accumulated underneath it. <laughs> well, that's where it came from, probably. <laughs> For yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I literally... The other day, I dropped my headset and went down under it, and I reached under, and it is just grime. It's tread from your shoe, <laughs> dirt, all right, dog shit. It's just that thing takes off, though, dude. It's a, it's. I, I started walking what, on it, real, and it was like, let's go. It's I a thought real it was going to be hard. It's it's meant for I think CrossFit people, right? Um, it's not meant for me. It's not meant for <laughs> it's not meant for birth. No, <laughs> I, I still have, have you as birth in I my phone. I still have that shirt. <laughs> oh God. Oh. Um, how's things, man? Things are really good, man. Yeah, 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 really good. I was I followed the uh, petition that when Cash Cab oh came the Cash back. Cab thing yeah yeah, yeah I followed that and I was like I, and you kind of you kind of stayed on the side you didn't really like jump into it yeah I was like yeah, I don't know I don't want to you know yeah I, I I had mixed feelings dude like when I got out of the cab the first time when they canceled the show I was like uh, I was like half relieved yeah it's such a hard gig. It's yeah. so fucking hard, you know. Everyone's always asking me that in interviews. Is it really hard to drive a cab and host the show and whatever? And uh, I'm always like, well, you know, you know. <laughs> but in reality, yeah. yeah, it is. It's it's really fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was kind of, and we had done at then we by then we did, we had done like 400 episodes or close. Jesus Christ! And in a, you know, in a relatively short time, and I was I was just fucking beat man i was so tired and yeah but when it came back i was so glad to do it again but yeah, when yeah, they yeah. posted that it was coming back and they didn't mention me i was kind of like that's a, that's <laughs> the, sl- the shady thing that happened to a friend of mine on man versus food oh right okay and uh i guess 
no, I'm not hiding any names. Adam Richman. That happened to Adam <laughs> right. yeah, what yeah. the fuck am I doing? <laughs> you mean the guy from Amber's food? <laughs> Has it been the same guy all the way through? You're not <laughs> hiding anything at all. Yeah. And they changed him. And it's, you know, here's the... Oh, they hired somebody else. They hired someone else. Dude, that happens even if it's your show. Like, even if you created it sometimes. Isn't, isn't that the fucking scariest? Oh, it's the worst. Remember, it's, the worst when, it's like somebody fucking your girlfriend in front of you. Rogan Sorry, said, is it too early for that? No, Rogan said when they were coming back with Fear Factor and they were talking about getting a new host. Yeah, said, oh yeah, they did it to Rogan too, didn't they? They, they were looking at new hosts. because Why were just would like, they do that? I'll tell you why. Um, okay. Because <laughs> they, can, they have a brand that is successful. Right. And they can get a new host at a much cheaper rate. Much, much reduced rate. Yeah. It's the brand. Like Man versus Food, Adam Richman, I mean, I'm guessing right now, and I'm speaking way out of school, right. but I think he was making like 35 grand an episode. Right. And which is a lot of fucking money. And by the Especially way, Especially for be, like a, I don't know what network that was on, but. Travel Channel. It was probably a 0.4 rating. Right. So it's not that high of a rating. Yeah, to be spending that kind of money on your host. To be spending that kind of money on your host. Uh, by same the way, thing I'm, for me, same thing for Rogan for sure. Yeah, and it's and it's but just, they don't, but they're not realizing how much of the show the host is like. They well, I mean, take a look at Man vs. Food. They've now shot more episodes of Man vs. Food without Adam Richman oh, than they did with Adam Richman. Adam, I hope you're not listening to this. He is he definitely probably, listening right now, <laughs> and he's probably. outraged that he's that I thought it was 35. <laughs> he's, he's like, like it's 60, motherfucker. I was shit. getting 60. I signed a three million dollar deal for three years. <laughs> he's furious. He somewhere. was the, he was the fucking poster boy of that network. Yeah, man. He was the poster boy. You could not get. A bigger poster boy for a network. When Bourdain left, that was Adam Richman's network. So who now who's hosting it? I don't know his name. That's fantastic. Now Adam is okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know his name. <laughs> to hear that we don't know the new guy's name, he's like, all right, it's still me. Casey. Webb. What? Webb. Casey, Casey Webb. Webb. He does like Cialis commercial. It's really confusing because he's an actor. Oh, okay. and so he does like you. You're watching Man vs. Food, and all of a sudden you see a Cialis commercial, and he's and in it's it. That guy, and it's him during Man vs. Food. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, it's well, like eat a burger, get a hard on, he, um, eat some meatloaf. He does. I, 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 I can get obsessed with television. I think, and then the amount of tell you've done way more television than I have, but the amount of television we've done, we know the tricks and the and the secrets. I don't know if that's true anymore, buddy. If I have, yeah. maybe I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never done four hundred of anything. Right. I did, uh, but I only I've done mostly just that, you know. Yeah, but still, I mean, I've done some acting and stuff like that, but that's what, the only. What was? Uh, but I get obsessed with like the small um, details that I know that that are cheats, right? And I, I oh, when you're watching, you when mean, I'm watching, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it can ruin a movie for me. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Continuity. Hello, dude. She was standing over there. <laughs> this movie sucks. <laughs> it takes me like a second. I saw an episode of Carnival Eats. Where the guy, uh, where the guy uh, grabbed the piece, he had one glove had a hand and one hand didn't have a glove, right. and he grabbed the food with the unhanded glove and spreaded the mayonnaise with the gloved hand, and it, I, I just was like, huh? <laughs> and then I'm praying there's a DP that's doing that on purpose, just to right. put his thumbprint on the show, right, right. Oh my god, that Carnival Eats is my favorite show to. to it's Carnival like, Eats. I don't know what that is. Is it what it sounds like? Dude, Eating it is food at carnivals. It is the most flawed pitch in the world. <laughs> By the way, it's my favorite show. So as I shit on it, and and the host Noah Cap, who I love, I love this host. Right, I fucking hate watch that so much. And now it's <laughs> and now it's my obsession. I love that show. I watch it 
I, when I watch it, when they have a, a marathon, I, wa- I just you start just it there. the whole thing. And I watch episodes. I've, I look for things in it that I'm, that'll make me like excited. And it's gotten really. Like what? Uh, a kind uh, like, of food or a. No, like a, like a, a staged uh, OTF. Like when they set up a light panel in front of a beautiful shot and they just line up people and they're like, hey, we got 20 sandwiches. You're each going to grab a sandwich, take a bite, and tell us what you think of the sandwich. And everyone's rehearsing their lines as they wait to get it to their <laughs> turn. It's like meeting Santa Claus. And it gets. it's And then the same canned responses. It's like an explosion of flavors in my mouth. <laughs> oh my God. It's like a carnival in my mouth. It's like it's like it's like prom in my mouth. <coughs> it's I, funny, man. See, I, we're very different in that regard. I, I hardly watch any TV at all. For real? Yeah. Now I when, watch almost nothing. Now, what was your when, when what was your plan when when it when it stopped? I know you were dove right back into stand up yeah. full tilt. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> it was already too late. I, I had already missed out on a bunch of years of that being my focus, dude. I'll tell you right now. It was like, God bless Bill Burr and Joe Rogan because they pulled me aside when I was doing Travel Channel and they're like, I don't know if they were talking about me as I walked in, but they were like, hey man, you got it. I said something that was real hosty, you know, like something that was real like Hollywoody. It was real shitty or whatever. It was like sprinkling about sprinkling my hair in. Right. And, uh, and Oh, you were like bitter about... I, I said something about like not wanting to shave my hair. I still have enough hair to fake it or whatever. Right. And they're just like... And Burr's like, dude, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, you're not good looking. No one comes out because you're good looking. And they're like, bro. And then Bill's like, bro, your show sucks. Like, like I love you, Bert, but you're a much better stand-up than you are a television host. And like, just and I, and I remember him going, him and Joe going, what's your nut? Like, what do you need to make? And I right. told them, and they were like, they're doing the math in their heads, and like, you can do that in stand-up. Just do stand-up. I'd get out. I'd get away from Travel Channel. Wow, man. And then I went to therapy the next day. I did. <laughs> For I, real? I swear to God. And I talked to my therapist about it. And he was like. Oh, I thought you meant you started no, going no, no, into no. therapy I was the in next therapy. day. You're like your world is falling apart. Around Have you me. ever done therapy? Yes. Do you like it? I loved it. Really? It changed you, my life. Do you still do it? No. When did you stop? When uh, the therapist kind of deemed me as well. Wait. So wait. Tell like I know I know a little bit about your backstory, like about what kind of kid you were growing up. But tell them people listening, like you were what kind of know? a little, what do you, you know were like about a rough me? rebellion, <laughs> like a, a case of beer, fist fight in a parking lot. <laughs> I just have this visual of you in a in a that's sleeveless. like twenties, you know that yeah twenties. Yeah. But before that, you know, as a kid, I was totally different as a little kid. Really, and that's where those problems begin. That's where you get a emotional, you know. I don't want to say bad habits, but they kind of are. You know, that's where you learn how to be in relationships and shit. Is when you're a kid. It's all modeled on your relate. All your relationships are like pretty much recreations of the relationships you have with your family, whether you want them to be or not. So I'm trying to do the math about me right now. <laughs> yeah. So so then what? what were so your that's I had shit from when I was like really little. Like what? Like what? Uh, I, I don't want to get too. Sp- personal about it there's some like very personal shit to not just to me but my family in there but oh yeah 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 you know hey, like hey, emotional shout out to pain you, shout out to you for not selling your family down the bus down the river like every other comment <laughs> oh really well, oh my dad's an alcoholic yeah. he beat the fuck out of me <laughs> it's not like that it's not yeah. like that but you know if you, the more you learn about that stuff the more you realize that it doesn't have to be like that for for you a child to be traumatized by something it doesn't have to be a drunken dad or or violence it could be like your sister gets a lollipop and you don't literally ha- can have you know long-term effects on a kid depending on how old you are 
uh, and so my shit, I didn't even realize that I was depressed. It all came from my divorce. Uh, I realized I wasn't happy in my marriage. When did you realize And hadn't that? been. After like I, after Cash Cab came along, after I started selling places out on the road, I had, and I had made some money, I bought a house, had my daughter. Uh, I was like, wow, I have all these things in my life that I should be happy. Yeah. I always thought I'd be happy by th when I got here, and I'm not. And what what's going on, you know? And I was like, I'm as great a woman as my ex-wife is, and we get along great now and everything. She's I awesome. She's awesome. You know her. Yeah, you remember yeah. her, right? Yeah. French Laurence. Oh my God! I said my ex-wife's name. I never say any mention anyone in my family on interviews or anything. But yeah. so, I can take it out if you want. <laughs> I figured out that I wasn't happy in that, so I, I went. I began the difficult task of like you know, getting a divorce and leaving. And uh, all right, let me tell you how I'd approach that. Okay, I start fucking some chick I work with. <laughs> well, I couldn't do it that way, man. See, that's the way my bro that's my brokenness is like I can't. I have a hard time fixing things. Like, I just go, it's broken. It's broken. I understand it's broken. Right. I enjoy the chaos of it. Let's just break it until it explodes, and then and then we have to deal with it. And then pick up the pieces that you want and move on, yeah. I, you know, I wish I could do it that way. I couldn't do it that way. Instead, I, like, wasn't happy, so I was, like, walking the line of, of getting into relationships with these other women. Oh, I never really did, and I... And then just figuring out, like, I can't do this forever. This isn't going to work. I, I, you know, I had sort of just been like, all right, I'll just not be happy. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no, I can't do that for the rest of my life. Dude, I wonder how so many people... So I, I broke it off, you know, and, and then through... She said, let's go. Can we go to a, a marriage counselor? And I said, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's going to make any difference, but I'll go. Uh, and she said, okay. And we went. So we went and saw this woman like three or four times. And she pulled me aside and said... Uh, you need to, she said, here's a name of, uh, of a, of a colleague of mine. You need to go and talk to someone about your depression. I've never thought of you as depressed. I've never thought, I never thought I was depressed either. Yeah. And I said, well, isn't it just obviously because of what's happening in my, my life right now? And she goes, no, definitely not. You need to go and talk to somebody. And I was like, what and i i was always a guy who was like no therapy like come on yeah. i don't need someone else to tell me that i'm nuts like i know i'm nuts or i know how in what way i'm nuts and what i need to do or whatever i wasn't really a believer in it and <laughs> the very next day without any uh i didn't tell him at all what was going on with me as far as the therapy the therapist recommending a therapist and all a friend of mine that i was working with said dude if you ever need somebody to talk to just out of the blue and he gave me a number of his guy. And I said, who's this? He goes, ah, I, I know you're not really into it and all, but I've been talking to this guy for years. He's been very helpful to me and whatever. And I'm like, all right, that's two days in a row. That <laughs> So I was like, maybe I should do it. Yeah. I'll try to go in with an open mind. And I, dude, I went in and I sat down and he started to say something and I just cried like a baby for like... Oh, I want that. For like 15 minutes. Really? And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I'm a happy guy. Like, what the fuck, you know? And then so for t like two years, I went and saw him every week. In and, New York? Yeah. And uh, changed my life. I wasn't happy. I was, I was, I had all this like emotional baggage from when I was a little kid. And I didn't even really understand. 
you know, there's a reason I was the guy that you knew who would drink a case of beer and go out and get into fucking fist fights. Yeah. <laughs> and he said to me at one point, the therapist, he goes, he goes, I think you're in real trouble here, Ben. He goes, you seem like the kind of guy who, who could get into a fight with a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> who else do you fight? <laughs> Am I going to fight my own family? <laughs> you seem like the kind of guy that could get into a fight with a stranger. I'm like, dude, everybody I know knows that. <laughs> Wait, is that a red flag? Because I've been walking around like that my whole life. Well, I wasn't like that as a kid. Oh, fuck. I was kind of a wimp as a kid. I would back away from fights when other guys would, you know, bully really? me. Yeah. It wasn't until, like, college that I, like, learned how to fight and let my anger come out and, like, you know, really started getting into trouble. <laughs> That's so crazy. But, but so, yeah, man. I, I'm happier and, and emotionally healthier than I've ever been. You seem, you seem really light. Like, oh really? Oh, like, dude, yeah. yeah. I used to be heavy, right? I I was always. There like, were times you were heavy. People are like, "Dude, what are you so angry about?" I'm like, "That's just my face." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just how I look. You know. That's. I wonder how many people subscribe to the fact that they go. I guess this is just life. I'm not happy. I guess this is. just... I think a lot of people do, because, and and it's weird, especially in the case of a divorce, because you get a divorce, a certain number of people, especially from the generation before ours is going to act as though you're taking the easy way out. And divorce is the exact opposite of the fucking easy way out. Yeah. Nobody gets divorced on a whim and goes, hey, you know, I think I'll get divorced. No, no, it's fuck, It's the hardest thing you're ever going to do. It's fucking brutal. It's yeah. not the easy way out. The easy way out is to, is to sit quietly and accept your life that you're not happy with and just like, develop some bad habits to, to deal with it you know jesus <laughs> that's what most people do i think or used to i think that's exactly what it is it's so funny when i first came out to la and i had like a tv show and i had right. money which and, was that Bert the conqueror no no this was uh the x show it was like not, it was like i was working the door at the boston got a development deal went to scotland with patrice and rich and you and me yeah, yeah. and oh Dude, my did God. you get the picture i sent you i found a scorecard from our round of golf that we played in scotland no yeah in an old golf bag i was like gullen i was like that's the course in scotland oh, that we played. shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah I, I sent it to you a while ago uh but it's pretty random you might not have been like what the fuck is this um, and then I came out to LA and I, and I got a, I got another deal and I got a TV show. So wait, when you were, I didn't know you worked the door at the Boston. Everyone says that. Yeah. yeah. The, I have the fucking yeah. flyer right there. Yeah. We were talking about it before you came in. Yeah. Cause I worked the door downstairs at the Baggot at the Baggot Inn, which was the Sun Mountain Cafe when I was doing it. Wait, when? Like before you showed up. Really? Yeah. It was the Sun Mountain Cafe. Sun Mountain Cafe. Yeah. And did they do stand up there? No. Well, they did. The Boston was upstairs. Still, yeah. But no, they had bands at Sun Mountain. Um, but so I didn't know that. I don't. I'm, I, I, yeah. I feel like I'm cutting off your story. No, no, I no. I not. didn't realize that you were a door guy there, and then you got a development deal for something about being a door guy, or for, no, no, for, no, for the Rolling Stone article. Oh right. Oh right. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> that that. There's an article right there of the uh, in Time Out New York. Remember they used to do Tuesdays. They'd cover comedy. Yep. And they yeah. do an article about a comic. Yeah, I was my first piece of press was one of those. Yeah, I think it was the same same guy wrote them all. Right, he, John Hart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's he doing? Yeah, man, he's got a book. He's got a new book. Are you serious? Yeah, he's got some book. It's been a couple years now, but he's got a book about uh, 
What's it called? Uh, dude, he had oh, a, dude, it's called Man vs. Ball. <laughs> Hold on, what's it about? It's about like I don't know. I haven't read it. <laughs> I, no, no. I think I got a. I think I. I got an email from him. Oh yeah, you probably did. It's about. Uh, it's about sports and. Uh, dude, he was. He had the best I'm movie pitch. Up. I'm gonna pitch it now because it's been 20 years. I think he probably didn't sell it, but <laughs> it was about a hot hot dog vendor, who um, who was. Th- would th- like throw at Yankee Stadium, throw hot dogs, right? And one day they found out he could pitch, and he went from hot dog <laughs> oh, vendor no to pitcher. Way, dude. dude, I heard so many great pitches for movies at <laughs> at the Baggett awesome. Inn. Uh, there was this kid, man. There was this kid that went to NYU. So the only reason that John wrote that article about me was that I was letting in college kids because I worked the door with Louis Schaefer, right? And do you remember the other guy, Andrew? Andrew. Andrew was a he was a guy that talked like this. Hey, his, he had the one joke and he goes, uh, and then the guy comes in with the thing and ding, and he hits his head with the Mike's thing, but he'd leave red marks all over his forehead. I don't remember that guy. I don't. Um, <coughs> I was probably think maybe I was around the corner at the cellar by then. No, no, no. You, I mean, I was still doing both, but I wasn't hanging yeah, out there. You as weren't much. hanging out there as much. You were more at the cellar. Patrice was at the Boston a lot. Right. Um, and then like Donnell, Tony Woods, DC... Yeah. Um, you and DC would always end up at the Baggett like Yo, late man. night. Yeah. And Pete Corielli was like a, a stop in. <laughs> dude, dude. Dad, you want to hear it? It was just Drink smoking. Drink the butt. fucking sun came up. <laughs> that is my favorite sunrise in the world is that electric blue New York sky <laughs> when it's just coming up and you're like, oh, oh we did it again. <laughs> oh, Jesus, we did it again. <laughs> but, but when I came out here, I so got So you it. got a deal. I'm sorry again. Yeah. You got a deal that came from the Rolling Stone article. So Rolling Stone article, this came out on Tuesday. Barry then, came out and saw me do stand-up Wednesday night. Right. Sat in the back, didn't watch any of it. Right. I know Barry's listening right now going, Papa, that's not what happened. That is I what happened, single. Barry. That was your favorite little gag. You come out to watch someone and then sit in the back and pretend you're not listening. Yeah. And then I gave him a script and he was like, and he just kind of, he like came up to me at the end and he goes, I think you're, you really got something. I think you just keep working the door and... And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, I kind of was hoping I get bumped up to like someone who could call in for spots, right. call in Gina, and call in spots. Yeah, man. And Did you so, say that, or you just thought that? I, I'm sure I thought that. I'm bad with confrontation. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so then, um, <coughs> that article, that article got it made its way to Will Smith's company, and they called, they called Barry on Thursday. He called me on Friday and said. Uh, I'm doing a showcase for Will Smith's company, Overbrook, Saturday night, whatever spot you want, let me know. And I was like, and I looked at the lineup. Oh, you were like, holy shit. And man. I was like, I was like, oh, there's only one guy. Because I, every, whoever was up front, it was like, I'm not, I'm not shitting on names, but it was just no, not no. low energy guys. Like maybe like, maybe right. like Jordan. I was just telling stories about Jordan Rubin to someone the other day. And I was telling him Jordan Rubin's jokes, and he's dying fucking laughing. Jordan had great jokes, man. Dude, he's a great joke writer, but it was like Jordan or like Judah. It was just low energy, low energy. And then DC Benny, I go, put me after DC. Because you could always guarantee DC would rip the room, and you could ride his wave for fucking seven minutes. Yeah, man. (laughs) Just go, all right. And I didn't have any (laughs) jokes. And so I went after DC, and David Talkman came up to me in the bathroom that night, and he was like, I want to do a deal with you. And, and was that like, was out here. No, no, that was at Boston. That was at the Boston. Oh, that was at the Boston. Okay. I and then you. Sunday they called me and they're like, you have a deal where you're coming out to LA. And I was like, what? And then Barry made me keep working the fucking door. 
because he liked the story that he could he got the door guy a, a deal right i i'm so good i got my door guy a deal You're like it's not you barry it's me yeah <laughs> and so you're but, just careful you've just carefully placed yourself in between but my point the point of me telling not that he brings story, nothing to the table but he's a he's, he's barry can make magic happen when he's super interested mm. Um, I was driving down Franklin. I had a, a, a brand new expedition. I'm in a Jason Williams jersey. I'm listening to Jaw Rule. It's this weather in LA, so it's like cool and kind of cold. The Santa Anas are coming in. It's 70. And I'm, people yeah. in the rest of the country, it's 70 degrees here right now. <laughs> but I was, I had my windows <laughs> so it's down. It's kind of cool. And I'm driving to set to do go shoot my TV show, and I just stopped, and I was like, hmm. I thought I'd be happier. <laughs> oh, that's so not what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. And, I, and so when you say that, I go, oh, I know that feeling. Yeah. And then cut to me, one kid, working the roads for 700 bucks, doing feature work, paying for flights, paying for hotels, and I was the happiest I'd ever been. And I'm wow, broke. Man. I was broke. And I was just like, I'd come home excited. I'd skateboard places. My wife was running the apartment building we lived in. We were, had no fucking money. We, we had to hire a nanny, and that just ate up my wife's paycheck because we needed right. my wife. It was, uh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that little paradox. Your that, wife can work. If you both work, you got to, somebody's salary is being spent on someone to take care of the kids. So what was it like? What was it like? The, this sounds, this sounds irresponsible what I'll say, but um, I'm always fond of the story of starting over. Like once you got the divorce right. of, what was it like to get your own place and and what what was that whole experience like well i was it was i was fortunate that i could uh like we had bought a house and i was lucky that because of cash cab and stuff i was in a position to like just let her keep that house yeah and buy another one uh which made a huge difference and i don't know it was scary you know, it's not like it was like fun, like, hey, I'm a bachelor, woohoo. It was yeah. like, the whole thing was just very difficult and stressful and painful, you know. Uh, but the, getting that, getting my new house was awesome because yeah. I kind of was like, I know what I want. I had just bought that other house. And dude, I, ju I had just completely renovated that house. Yeah. So Did like, you I put a big addition on it, you know, and like I redid the entire fucking house. Yeah. And then I left. <laughs> And I was like, that's brutal. And then I went and then I completely redid the house that I live in now. Same area? Yeah. Say, I've, dude, I found a house. I was like, I want to find a house that feels uh, similar for the kids. So they're going to be going back and forth. And they, you know, my daughter at that time knew that, that house. And I found it, man. It was like the same color. It was built in the same year. It had the same, these same type of windows in it that none of the other houses have yeah i'm like this uh, this is my house man and it had uh it had a separate room in the basement that was separated by a block wall so like maybe they had added on at some point yeah. so there was like a, a basement foundation and then like basically another one next to it connected by a door and i'm like i, I want to build a recording studio that i want to soundproof and like it couldn't be more perfect the bedrooms are all the way on the other end of the house Oh wow! So I've since done all that to it. It's and I, I fucking love it, man. The only problem with it is that it's in Jersey. <laughs> I wish it was out here. Not that I don't. I love Jersey. I love where I am. But like business wise, I need to be out here. I really? should have been out here years ago. Yeah, I started coming out here every month now. Really? And it's already made a huge difference in things for me. Really? Yeah, man. What was the holdup of coming out here in the first place? 
I just I have an ex-wife and two houses and two no, kids but was in there Jersey. Like, was there a part of you? Because I I always felt like there was a distinct difference in like L.A. comics and New York comics, but more about like yeah, yeah, like the almost like the value system you're brought up with as a New York comic. Yeah, no, I go along with that. I totally agree with that. But I think that's changed largely out here now. I think so now. But when we started, it was not. I started here, and everybody here was like, "If you really want to be a comic, oh, you told oh that's you, you, you need told to go back." Last, <laughs> oh yeah, that, you uh, told us on my last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I started out here, and everybody was like, "If you really want to be a comedian, which it seems like you do," he's like, "A lot of these guys are trying to get into movies and acting and stuff." <laughs> you seem like a, you were really going to be like a journeyman comedian. You should be in New York. So all the older guys here were telling me then. Who was that? Who was the... Didn't you work at the... Did you work at the store? I worked at the store. Yeah, that's how I got into stand-up. Really? Answering the phones at the store. Wait, who was at the store when you worked at the store? Uh, the, <laughs> John Caparulo. Yeah. Uh, Argus Hamilton was, he, was here back then. Uh, what's his name? Um, Jeff Altman. Yeah. Eddie Griffin was there all the time. Um, so you were there during the dark days. It was dark days, man. They were. Everyone was like, the boom of the 80s was over. It'll never be that good again. Stand-up will never be as big as it was then. Isn't that hilarious to think about now? Dude. <laughs> there's 50,000 comedians in the country or something. I was saying... I, I was when saying I started, there's like 100. When, I, when, okay, try to do this. When you started, name five theater acts. From that time? Yeah. Whew. They're just the biggest names, you know. It would be like Seinfeld. Or no, yeah. not even. I well, mean, no. I, yeah, I think he already was by then. And now you look. This is 93. So, yeah. So, that's. I'm probably. I'm, oh, geez. I don't even know who was. It, I mean, now you look at it and you're like. There's a hundred theater acts. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. There's arena it's changed so much, man. Everyone's, everyone's, like, comedy clubs are like, I don't even know what's going on in comedy clubs. Mm. I do. <laughs> no, I mean, meaning oh, like, mean like, like business-wise. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I, I but I, it was such, a, I remember hitting the road at that time. I don't want to, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go back to, so oh, wait, when you started right. the store. I forgot what I was talking about. You started the store, and then someone was like, if you, if you're going to be. Oh, they were like, you should be in New York. Like, there's not a lot, there's not a great comedy scene going on out here right now. You should be in New York. There's there's a booming comedy scene there. That's like the somebody said to me. That's the front lines of stand up right now. God, it was too. Wasn't and it? And I went back and I was like, holy shit, it really is. And so I stayed there. Plus, I could. My parents lived in Jersey. I could, you know, I could live there for free. And and I worked like one night a week delivering pizzas to make my money. And I just used all that money to be able to go into the city and do stand up. You know? And where did you start? Where did you start in the city? In New at York? the Boston. You started the Boston? Yeah. The first shows I ever did were at the store here in LA. And I was, it was for like four months or something. Yeah. Uh, and I and Mitzi actually passed me right before I was leaving to go home. And I didn't realize what a big deal that was. And I went home anyway. Like everything would be different, obviously. But if yeah. I knew what I know now, I probably would have stayed. I didn't know. I didn't. It, it, it didn't register to me what it meant to be passed at a club like that and to have a place to work, you know? Yeah. But luckily it didn't, I, I was able to get in at the, you know, clubs in New York, the Boston and then the cellar. Things were so different then. Now getting in at the cellar, I don't know what, I can't imagine what it's like. But such a... Easier such or a, harder? Harder, I think. Oh, for real? 
I, well, I, you know, I don't know. I, like, at that time, if you wanted to get in there, you could audition. You talk to Mike Royce, who's now like a producer Hollywood mogul, for real. But, for real? Yeah, man. He, oh. But he was a comic, and he, he uh, ran the late night. So, like, the regular spots would end, and then there was, like, 45 minutes of five to six-minute spots. And if you would audition for Royce, and if he passed you, then you could call in. Once a week, you'd call in and listen to a recording of Esty reading off your the spot times for the whole week. She'd be like, Tuesday, one fifteen, Judah Friedlander. one twenty-one, Ben Bailey. <laughs> you know? Really? Wednesday. And you'd just listen to the entire thing from your analog phone and write down your spots and go in and work from, you know, anywhere from, like, I guess it was, like, between 1 and 2 a.m. or something like that. And so what was what was the what was the scene like at the cellar? Like who was was it was it because my only recollection of the cellar is like probably ninety nine, right? And that's all I remember is like David Tell was always like one eleven twenty five, yeah, or like twelve thirty five or something. Yeah, yeah, he'd be he would off for dude for like two years. A Tell was the last spot, the last paid spot on Friday and Saturday, and Esty would put me up right after him. Free. I was getting. I was getting paid at all. Yeah. It was just the chance to do this spot, for two years. Jesus. It was brutal. It was so brutal following him every time, either because he killed so hard that it was hard to follow, or because he left such a hole with like the extreme <laughs> shit that he was saying, and he would often come off and just go, "Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> but after like two years of that, finally he was like, "Funny stuff, man." And I was like, holy shit. What a great compliment. He fucking said funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played it off. I was like, yeah, thanks. But in my head, I was like, oh, Attell said funny stuff. <laughs> oh, you know? the first person to ever compliment me was Jim, was Jim Norton. Oh, that's cool, man. Jim Norton, I got off stage, and he was like, uh, great joke. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then the very next time I, s I saw him, he was like, you're not going to start with that stupid fucking joke, are you? <laughs> It was all a setup. <laughs> I'm sure he meant it. Yeah. He just had a safe face a little. What a, what a different guy. I mean, what a globally different man he is today oh from my the guy God. we knew. Yeah, man. Like, as a kid. So different. So different. What? How come you never got in with Opie and Anthony super tight? I left. I walked out on their show. Really? Yeah. I got disgusted with what they were doing, and I left. Wait. What was this? <laughs> what was this? Was this? Hold on. This is going to sound crazy. Was this when they had Bernie Getz in? No, no. Okay. Who the, who's Bernie? You mean Bernard Getz, the Bern subway yeah, shooter Bernard guy? Getz. They had him on the fucking show? They had him on the show one time, and he lost his fucking mind. No, I was not there for that. What was but that's the kind of shit that made me go, I don't I don't want to do this. It's not I was your, like, you know what, guys? personality. No offense. This isn't my thing. This isn't my crowd. Like I, I'm not saying anything. I'm just, I'm just leaving. I'm out. Yeah. And I left, and uh, I heard years later, like probably fucking ten years later, I was at Governor's. I was doing a weekend at Governor's on Long Island. I love that club. It's so fun, man. It's a great club. Great, great crowds, and we have a toilet there now, thanks to Jerry Seinfeld. Do you know that story? No. When they were doing comedian, he called Governor's. I guess he had some shit with them, and this might be urban legend. I don't know. Guess he had some shit with governors and he called them and he said, Look, I want to bring the crew to shoot out there. We're shooting this documentary called Comedian. He goes, But if we're going to do it, you guys have to put in a separate bathroom for the comedians. 
And they were like, what do you mean? That's We're going to spend all this money and all this thing just to shoot? He goes, well, I'm not shooting it somewhere where we don't have a, a private bathroom for the comics. <laughs> they put a whole bathroom and everything for him. And then he called him two days before and said, yeah, we're not going to shoot at the club. <laughs> for real? <laughs> That's the story that I heard. Yeah, like, fuck you guys. Thanks for putting a bathroom in. Now go fuck yourselves. I don't know if it's true or not, but but it's a good story anyway. But So I walked in there and did my shows, and I went to the bar afterwards, and this bar, the bartender, he goes, he goes, hey, man, I'll never forget. He goes, I'll never forget that. He goes, I'm a fan of Cash Cab and your stand-up and stuff. He goes, but what I'll never forget about you is when you got up and walked out of Opie and Anthony. And I was like, I, so I guess they aired that part, or maybe they, yeah. they might have even been live I, at I, that point. I, how many times did you do Opie and Anthony? Because I remember... I did it, I maybe did it three or four times. I remember one time when you were in. I remember hearing you one time, and I was like... Yeah. Because this sounds really silly, but... I was very, <clears throat> at the time, I had, at the time I was probably uh, maybe doing headlining spots in Sacramento and San Francisco, but the really right. B clubs, C clubs, and driving myself back and forth, and and do maybe Arizona, but it was all, everything was right. driving that I could headline at. Right. And um, I had this really weird connection with, with, this sounds super silly now is that I'm a grown man. But with everyone that I knew in New York, I rooted for them the most. Yeah, sure. I was like, man. I was like, I wanted. That's not silly. I had the same. I had the same thing. I remember hearing you come in one time, and I remember I didn't know what the room looked like on Opie and Anthony. I was like brand new, and I was right. envisioning the room, and I was envisioning you off to the side, sitting on a on a chair, and or like right outside the door, sitting on a chair, and I was like, oh, Ben's gonna be on. Oh, fuck yeah! And like listening nice. the whole time, and, and then I remember something about breaking tapes or something, and I was like, ah, so maybe that's what they said. But then, so maybe that's what they said after I left. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but dude, it was, I got I was so I just couldn't couldn't deal with it. He was being so mean to uh, the guy from Smashing Pumpkins. Really, the drummer. I think it was the drummer, and he was the guy was trying to pitch his new music. Yeah, and. Uh, Opie basically just kept saying, you know, no one cares about your music. Just We just want to hear this story about waking up next to your dead friend. And I was just like, dude, what? that's above and beyond for me. I, <laughs> yeah. That, like that. I felt so bad for that dude. I mean, how hard was it for him to, to recover from that and then try to come back with his own music when he's in a band that was huge, but how many people knew his name? Yeah. You know, and then... I was just like that is fucking brutal. There were times I'd listen to that show I had that and I was a huge fan of that show but I'd have to turn it off. I didn't like I never liked uh I don't like conversation. So I definitely right. didn't like um I didn't mind if someone was on the phone with them, but when someone was in studio that really bothered me. And I was I was like I'd have to turn it off. Yeah. I I liked what I liked best about that show was the hang when it was like a bunch of people in there in studio and everyone's bullshitting. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that would be fun. Then it was like the seller crowd. It was like the gang from the table was the same shit. Yeah. But so I left and I found out years later, you know, I was just like, whatever. I, no judgment. You guys do your thing. It's just, it's not my thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I write I write about stupid, weird little shit. I, yeah. You know, observational kind of stuff. That's, that's my brand if there is one. And fuck, it was just too much. So I, I left. And then years later, I walk to the bar, into the bar at Governor's after the show, and the guy says, the one thing I really remember is when you uh, left on Opie and Anthony, um, because apparently Jimmy got into it with them after I left. They started shitting on me after I was gone, and he wasn't having it. Yeah. He was like, no, that's my friend. 
you guys are, I'm not going to sit here and shit on him with you guys like this. And apparently he got up and fucking walked out. Holy shit. Yeah. And I never knew that and until that kid told me. Jimmy never told me that. Yeah. So I messaged him 10 years later. I go, dude, I just now heard <laughs> that you got up and walked out. Thanks for going to bed for me. And he just wrote back, sure, man. <laughs> sure, man. A decade, like a fucking decade later. Oh, that's fucking great. That's well, fucking I mean, that's, that's, that tells you something about Jim right there, man. Your style was so... That was his gig. Your style as a dude is so independent. Like oh, yeah? You think so? Yeah, I was talking to Shane Torres. Do you know Shane Torres? Yeah, man. Shane Torres is fuck. We were talking about you this weekend. We were talking about DC this weekend. We were talking about all the... Shane you know, opened for me in um, Madison, I think. I, I think Long that's hair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. He's a great guy. Really great joke writer. Great, great. Just a really great guy. Yeah. I'll tell you why I liked Shane Yeah, we Torres. had a great weekend there. I got into a fight one time with uh, Doug Benson on stage. A f like an argument or a like a fucking really uncomfortable screaming match but i wasn't <laughs> screaming doug was it was i'm not gonna get into the fight but oh it, i'd but love to hear the details of it i'm friends with doug but we fucking go at it he and i sometimes yeah i, I brought 200 cheeseburgers to the show <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, why just I, to give to the crowd or? yeah i thought it'd be fun right I thought, you know... Did he get... And he got... What, he got mad about he that? He did not like the idea of 200 cheeseburgers. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and so I refused to listen to his notes. Uh, and he was like, don't bring them on stage. I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to not bring them on stage. Like, they're fucking 200 yeah, cheeseburgers. 200 cheeseburgers. What else are we going to do with them? Brought them on stage. He took them off stage. Brought them back on stage. And this is... Wait, this is Doug Loves Movies? Yeah. <laughs> Took them off and hid them. <laughs> Staff then found them and brought them on stage, and and then that's when it. Oh. And that, by the way, that's not even when it got bad. What he venue then, were you guys at? St. Louis Helium. Okay. He gets off stage, <laughs> and then I go to talk to him, and we have a moment where I realize this isn't a bit. He's really upset. Yeah. And and I go okay, and then of course this is where I am. I'm at fault throughout the majority of the story because I was drunk, but this is where I'm really at fault is I then read his energy as going, oh, you know what will fix this? Me walking out of the club and coming in the side door of the club shirtless with a drink. <laughs> and it was, it suffice to say. It got worse after It got that. worse after that. And I got off stage and the next, that that night, you know, when you're, when you're drunk and you fuck up, you um, you blame everyone else and you go like, the fuck man why is everyone so uptight yeah yeah oh, yeah whatever and then the next morning you're like, you're like oh. i wonder what i did <laughs> and I, I saw shane that night at the club and shane and i had only worked together once and i said hey man i go i don't know you um and shane had been at the show so i don't know you we're not friends um and we never will be friends if you just sit here and lie to me i need to know honestly how much at fault i was last night and he goes uh i'm a pretty straight shooter yeah, I'd say over 50%. And I went, really? And he goes, yeah, you were pretty drunk. And I, and he just leveled with me. He That's leveled, cool, man. He leveled with me, and he didn't have... I was like, like you know, a lot of times if you're featuring for someone, maybe you'll just say the, whatever they want to hear. Yeah. And he leveled with me, and I just respected him so much. And I was like, I was like, dude, I, I said that night, I go, I appreciate that because no one would ever... Like, everyone at the staff's like, fuck Doug. Like, and I'm sure that they were saying to Bert, Doug, fuck Bert. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. No one's, everyone's glad-handing, but Shane leveled with me. And, and it's funny guys will definitely glad hand you a little and tell you what you want to hear when they're opening for you 
because they want to get another opening gig. Yeah. But once in a while, there's a guy who doesn't want to do that and he goes too far the other way. And you're like, is this guy for real? <laughs> they end up attacking you a little bit. You're like, well, dude, what the fuck? You don't want the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. But so, no, uh, dude, so I, this story is incredible to me. Uh, you can hear it on a podcast. Is it? I was going to ask. Can I? Can yeah. I find it out there? Yeah, it's Doug Loves Movies, St. Louis, uh, St. Louis Helium with Bert it's, Kreischer it's behind a paywall, so it's a dollar, but it's well worth the dollar. I'm not paying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a dollar. It's a dollar. He he did that because he didn't want to just put it out. He was. We ended up talking it out and being completely fine. But the next day, he's like, "I'm going to put it behind a paywall, only because I I do. I mean, it's already out there. I don't want to hide it." And he goes, right. "And I, but I don't want just anyone." having the access to listening to it. I want fans that if they pay, then they'll be respectful of the fact that we're friends and we worked it out. And so I was like, okay. That's cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Doug's a great dude. Yeah, he is. And and it was one of those times where you realize as a grown-up, you're like, I, I can be accountable for something and I can be vulnerable and try to figure this out with another man and yeah, yeah. instead of just going, fuck him. I don't need them, you know. <laughs> yeah, He's not going to help my career. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, it's funny though. Like, had you done the show before? A lot. And what do you, because when I do Doug Loves Movies, it's usually, it's awesome. We have a great time. But Doug and I, we walk the line of, are we really arguing or fighting? Or are we playing a little thing where we're two guys that are kind of bantering and bickering? Yeah. We're, all, we're always right on the fucking line. And sometimes after the show, I don't know if it was real or not. You know, I'll say something afterward and he'll be like, dude, you sound like you're really mad at me. I'm like, I can't tell. We've been playing that little thing. Do you guys do a similar thing like that? Yeah. Uh, or was I, he just mad about the cheeseburgers? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, th I think that I I have noticed something about myself recently. I've, I've been out of therapy for like a few months because I had so much going on. I just didn't have mm -hmm. time for therapy. And I didn't want to talk for an hour. Right. Like I didn't want to sit and talk yeah, for an hour. Well, I can relate to that, yeah. And, uh, and I... I've noticed something about me. It is like this, I'm a genuine bull in a china shop and I do not know that I've hurt people's feelings. I do not know that I've overstepped boundaries. I just, right. I'm oblivious to it. Right. And I think I do that when I do Doug Loves Movies, I just freight train it and Doug is trying to get the show moving forward and I'm just taking it in every other direction. Yeah, I do the same thing on that show. Yeah. I, because but I love the chaos of that show. I love too. when that happens. Well, and that's when that's like, what are we doing out here? We're putting on a show. I'm I, I'm just going to go all out. I'm not going to I'm not going to yeah. hold back. Yeah. And try to be you know because if you do that, depending on who else is on there, you're not going to you're going to get no time. You know. Yeah, and it, and I, and I I mean I to the point of like I when I listen to the show, I just listen to the first part. I don't even listen right. to games because I'm like, oh, I don't know. oh, he yeah. told me that. Yeah, I think he told me that. I think I think you could hear him tell me that on an episode of Doug yeah. Loves Movies. I, Bert only <laughs> listens to the beginning. I just that's listen to the beginning familiar. because I, that's the part I like. Right. That's what I mean. That's what I enjoy. I, it's and it's so well run and it's such a that great like most live podcasts are unbearable to listen to live. But that live podcast, that first part, is one of the best live podcasts that you can hear. Yeah. And the yeah, gameplay is great if you're into movies, but I'm just not into movies. Right. Yeah, which yeah. makes me problematic as a guest. <laughs> but also very entertaining, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I don't know. I haven't been asked to do it in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I haven't either. Last time I did it was in uh, Tempe. Yeah. When you're, I think your buddy that you grew up with was opening for me there. Boomer Nichols. Boomer. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's in prison. Okay. Um, yeah. 
For what? Uh, DUI. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he wouldn't want me t- saying that, but <laughs> <laughs> but there's not much he can do for the next three years. <laughs> oh, Boomer. No, he's, uh, yeah, he was a, I've known Boomer since we were kids. Yeah. And uh, a great guy, said, a really great guy. Yeah, man. Just, you know, and, and I think he would, a bitch. he would own this. Just, man, there's something about us Florida kids that, it's like you we grew up to be a Florida man. Yeah, you grew up to be a Florida man, and I think Jay Boomer's got it. I've got it. Like there's there's something about us. And dude, that, I remember this guy used to that work at the cellar grew up in Florida, and he was a he was a mess, you know. And I was like giving him shit one time, and he explained to me that when he was in high school, one of his big objectives was to drink at every bar. This when he was in, you know senior in high school or something drinking yeah. every bar along a certain side of the road and then how far back could you make it in the truck toward the toward home before you went off the road and had to walk the rest of the way and he was just trying to beat his dad's record yeah and i'm like okay that puts things in perspective drinking and <laughs> drinking and driving was like it was a i'll say very candidly it was a big problem growing up in florida yeah man like because th- there wasn't it was everywhere at that time. It was everywhere, but man, but, but in Florida, especially in a couple of places in Florida, Florida like I remember some parts of the Midwest. I remember was really bad going too. to college and my buddy grabbing a, a case of beer and putting it in between us and being in his Jimmy, his what that Jimmy truck? Yeah, the GMC Jimmy. Yeah, it's and a fucking awesome truck. It's a great truck. And <laughs> me and him drinking a case of beer driving to school. Jeez. A four hour drive, four hour drive, Jesus. just drinking beers. My friends and I did the same thing. And you and drive it down to Virginia, oblivious to the fact. I mean, you you knew it was illegal. I remember one time we were in that truck drinking beers and a cop pulled up next to us as we both had beers and he flashes his light and then swings it back and goes, no, like with his finger. And then took off. And, and then took it. off. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, our, in all honesty. It's amazing any of us lived, isn't it? Dude, it's so amazing because in all honesty, the thing that we were scared, like it was, this is going to sound weird, but where are, we drew the line was driving with marijuana or drugs. Like, cause that was a, that was like, go right, to jail. Cause that carried a heavy sentence, right? Yeah. yeah. And if, if it, in Florida, if you just had a drink, it was like open container. Right. And, and you were like. A fine, but no. A uh, fine, but yeah. I mean, DUI, obviously you get a DUI, but I mean, it, it just. But I, not and, very often back then. No. And I, to this day, I mean, I go back and my, my dad's friends will be like, oh yeah, we'll have a, go up here, we'll have a few drinks, go to the club, have a few drinks. And then, and then everyone drives home and you're like. I'm like, how are you guys still doing this? Like, I, do you not use Uber? Like, I haven't drank and drove. I mean, in college was probably the last time I ever, dr- and I didn't do it. I, st- I stopped when I went to college. When I went to Florida State, I stopped getting it. In high school is when you did it. Right. Like, I stopped driving, but I get in the car with people that are drinking all the time. Mm-hmm. All the fucking time. I'd get in the car every, I mean, we'd roll the dice on like, who had to drive us to the bars because that person was going to have to drink and drive. Right. We used to roll the dice, but it was because if, if you came up, you had to not drink. Oh, that was not happening at Florida State. Right. Yeah. There was no one that was like, okay, I won't drink. I'll sit and watch <laughs> right. you it was guys. Like, Fuck it. I'll get the ticket. Dude, I'll I, do the time. Yeah. I used to live, uh, I used to live far enough, close enough where I could jog home. So I get done at the bars and I just jog home. Oh, that's a great way to do it. Man. Yeah. Jog home, flip flops. <laughs> Dude, I wish I could go back. I would like to see. I would like to just have one day. Jog home and flip flops. <clears throat> and then get home and lift weights. I could jog about 
50 feet in flip-flops right now. Oh, dude. Before I was like, fuck Jog home, it was a mile from Yanni's to the, to, the, to the stadium where I lived right behind the stadium in Indian Village. And then I'd get to my room and I'd lift weights. I'd do uh, buys, tries, shoulders, and lats with just dumbbells and nice just bang, man. kill some beers, finish out my night, smoke a bowl, watch snowboarding videos, and go to sleep. Dude, that's the American dream right there. God, I want to go back to... I want to go back to not that time in my life, but that size, that vitality oh, but like waking up and great wouldn't it and not not needing a nap again waking up not have not being tired and not having anything that you had to do like i remember w- waking up and just going like what am i gonna do today man i don't know <laughs> now i mean that just doesn't happen anymore dude I, my... I used to get up and get stoned and then my friends and i would blast some reggae out the window and play hacky sack for like four hours. Oh, dude, ours was uh, horseshoes. Nice, dude. We play horseshoes. We would in some. This is maybe the great. I every summer I had at Florida State was the greatest summer of my life. I never once, <clears throat> I never once went home for the summer. I stayed at summer school every fucking year. The last summer school I had, we had our schedule down perfect. We all had like. An 11 a.m. class, right? You had like maybe take one class. It was like a PE class added on to it or whatever. Right. And you'd get home by like two. You'd do two classes maybe. Get home by two. Um, everyone would then go play frisbee golf until like five, right? <laughs> and then we'd come back. Froth. At, at, at frisbee golf, we'd come back. On our way, we'd stop and get fried chicken and watch The Simpsons eating fried chicken and smoking weed. And then we'd get done. And as a sunset, we'd play Horseshoes and drink beers and then go out to bars. And then do it again. <clears throat> Identical every single fucking day. <laughs> Identical. She had the comfort of a routine oh. as well. On top of the, all the... Found a girlfriend that summer. Amazing. Dude, the, and then it would rain and everyone would be like, well, we'll be, we'll be eating mushrooms next week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because mushrooms would grow after the big rain. Uh, and uh, yeah, someone would go out, pick mushrooms. Trippy mushrooms are good for mushrooms. Trippy, trippy, Trippies. trippy. Yeah, go down the Ishnatuckney River and inner tubes and just eat mushrooms and portray you're in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I remember one time we're all floating down the river and this, uh, it's, this is going to sound really shitty, but it made me laugh at the time. <laughs> I'm with like Ben, oh, I shouldn't say everyone's name, but I'm with a bunch of friends and... Uh, this family, like really, really redneck family, we're all high as fuck. You guys are, or they yeah, are? And, you guys are, yeah. And it's like, like, it just really, 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 really redneck, uh, almost borderline, well, not even borderline, white trash is in inner tubes going past us, and mm-hmm. they're all giggling, and the dads are drinking beers, and the moms are smoking cigarettes, and the kids are trying beers, and, the, and like we're just watching them, and everyone's seeing it differently, and I see it, and I go. Man, why didn't I ever do anything like that with my family? <laughs> and my buddy Ozzy goes, because uh, you guys had money. Like, you, you went to the Bahamas. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Oh, fuck. You had money. You could afford to do better shit. He was like, do you think your dad would go intertubing down the Isn't Tuckney? I was Dude, like, never. Intertubing, rafting is fucking awesome, though. It's Dude. so fun. Oh, right. We used to do it in, I grew up in Jersey. We do it on the Delaware. Jersey is beautiful. There it is gorgeous there. Yeah. I, we were just in Jersey, me and Shane. I'll get back to the thing we were talking about, about you. We were okay. just in Jersey and the sea, the leaves are changing. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful right now. Do you know where we were? Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yeah, sure, man. And we took the ride out. That city 
It's the oldest steel. Uh, I it made I beams, I guess. Yeah. Oh, where were you at the um, Sands? At the Sands. That's a great gig. At yeah. the Art Center in the back. I don't know. Theater, like kind of set. Eighteen hundred. Yeah. Big high ceilings. Real high ceilings. Love that gig, fucking man. That's all a the great way back. Gig. I love that. Gig. That's I was fucking a blast. Last time I did that gig, that's like an hour from where I grew up. Yeah. All these people that I grew up with showed up. Have you had really? that happen when you're back in Florida? Uh, I I go, holy shit, it's a guys from the sandwich shop. They're <laughs> sitting in the front row. For real. I go, oh my God, you have the landscaping company. Holy shit. I go, is there anyone here I slept with? <laughs> Two girls put their hands up. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone here I slept with? Hey, you want to see if I can do it better now? <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing. <laughs> so you guys were there. That's a great gig. I Steel stacks is what they call it. Right? Is, that, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's got to be the same room. It's the it's it's inside the casino. Yeah, man. And yeah, and it's like the it's just fucking huge. Yeah. And there's there's balconies to the left, but not to the right. And they used a spotlight for me. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the place for sure. And I and I had never performed with a spotlight before, and so I didn't know what the room looked like. But I saw the balcony on the left, so I assumed there was one on the right. So I kept talking to the balcony on the right, and th- and then the house lights went on, and I was like, "There's never been anyone there." Everyone's like, "Why does he keep looking does he keep up? Keep looking up? Is he got something wrong with his neck? Is he looking for his jersey?" <laughs> Dude, spotlight performing with the spotlight is a different fucking game. It is weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like it. I don't like it at all. I'm always tempted to try to lose the guy. <laughs> like I always want to like. You're like, stay with me now. Ha! Like, <laughs> like, like uh, when you read prompter, I'm really bad at prompter because I read fast. Right. And they're always like, slow down. And you just watch the guy scrolling fast as fuck. <laughs> oh, But what Shane and I were talking is that there are guys who buddy up with people mm-hmm. and like almost team up. Sometimes they uh, tag on to a celebrity and then they're their opener. And, right. then, and, then, yeah, they, yeah. and then they ride that guy's coattails. Yeah. And then there's guys who um, are lone wolves and like sh- and like comics that are straight lone wolves like Daniel Tosh lone wolf um uh I would say uh Voss is more like a team up guy right like with Bobby and and Jimmy and yeah yeah like, I guess yeah those guys like are like it, a crew yeah like it's like a team up guy almost I'm a team up guy with like Tommy and like I, it's it's part of I think it's part of my nature I was that way with Jay I was, I ta- I was Jay's opener right for yeah. me and that's how me and Tom met right but he was saying Tom who Segura. Okay. And I was, but Shane was saying, oh, I yeah. I know him. I've never met him. Oh, you'd love him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a lot like you. Like, <laughs> oh, just yeah. regular, a regular person. I don't know if that means I would like him or not. <laughs> no, no, like, he doesn't need to be funny when he's hanging out. He can just hang out and talk to you and he can listen. Cool. Like, man. I'm not that guy. I need to. Do <laughs> I don't know. I think you're a pretty good listener. <laughs> you should listen back to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it got really quiet in here when I said that. Um, what? But, um, but what, like, wh- why do you think that is? What what is that that about you that when you got to New York you're like I'm gonna do my own thing I'm okay yeah. like going home now I'm, so I'm you're okay. saying I'm a lone wolf you, I think you are yeah well I think I am too I wasn't sure what you were gonna say but I I feel like I am and I like that's just who I am through my whole life really it's not just a comedy it's that's just me man like I I just like to do stuff myself really yeah I mean I'm triathlete most of the things I like to do. I used to do triathlon that you couldn't ask for a more individual yeah. sport than that. I did my first triathlon recently. I heard, yeah. It's uh, my bike behind you. Yeah, that's how it came up. I was like, that's oh. a nice fucking bike, man. Oh, yeah. Is that all carbon fiber, that thing? Yeah, yeah. Dude, what is that, a $5,000 bike? Uh-huh. <laughs> more? I've ridden it twice. 
2500 bucks a ride. <laughs> I'm just trying to get down to $100 rides. But I, <laughs> yeah, right. Make this bike worth worth its uh But I'm like I'm just like that. I just like to do stuff on my own. I don't know why. So when you go to say somewhere like the Sands and you sell that place out and you mm-hmm. get you get 1800 people waiting to see you perform it that for me there's a little bit of a lonely feeling. Like I remember the first time I ever before did, the show, you mean? Before the show I go, huh. So it's just me doing this, huh? Like right. it's like I got myself here. Like I Well, I mean I have there's opening acts, but they're not guys that I like I'm a friend a buddy with and brought them along. Yeah. They usually the venue usually gets them. Yeah. Which but, I I think is good cuz it also gives local guys work. Dude, I was a big proponent of that where you'd go into the funny bone and I go hire the local guy cuz they yeah. would never get to do like everyone's bringing their own acts and it's killing local comedy. Yeah. I mean, and I understand bringing your own act. I was brought and I definitely have brought people, but it's like there's a lot of really cool people I've met. I think part of the reason I don't do it is because the dynamic of those relationships is is not often good. What do you mean? In my experience, like I try not to be in relationships including friendships that are lopsided where there's one person who's like the alpha and there's the other person is like in some capacity considered to be on a lower level yeah. and defers to the other person. I just don't feel like that's a healthy relationship. I don't want to be on either side of a relationship like that. I never yeah. did. So that's part of it. Like I, if I have good friends that I would like, I, I brought a couple of guys that I really like. I'll take them on the road with me sometimes. And some, most of the time it's fun, but sometimes it's, it's awkward. And like if it was the same person all the time, it would, that would fuck up our friendship <coughs> yeah, a little bit because they're going to feel like, oh, I have to I have to keep things good with Ben so that I keep getting this job, you know? That's a, that's a weird dynamic of... That is a very weird dynamic. What's so interesting is that, like, I would say that's probably what, what soured me and Jay's relationship. That and that he was doing your material, right? Well, <laughs> but, but that is <laughs> that's, that's simply a byproduct of that relationship. Exactly, exactly, it's it a is byproduct of the lopsidedness. And I don't think it was an intentional on Jay's part to make the relationship lopsided. It just is how it is. Well, I, in a manner of speaking, I think that, and I don't know Jay really. I mean, I I did know him way back when before we had our fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's the nature the nature of the relationships that he's in. I think, by and large, he's the guy on the, who's on that side of his friendship with whoever it might be, whether it was you or Dina Cola. You remember Mike Dina Cola? Uh, what, yeah, whatever happened to Mike Dina? Cola? I don't know. I don't know where he is now. But he was the guy. He opened for Jay all the time, yeah. and Jay just pretty much did whatever he wanted of Dina Cola's bits, and it was kind of accepted. And that was, I, I, I mean, I, again, I don't know, but I feel like most of the relationships that he's in are like that, are lopsided in that direction. I think there's a lot of guys in this business that that's their relationship, and then yeah, and they can't hang out with other alphas because no, no, other alphas threaten their alpha. Yep, totally makes it very difficult to navigate the, you know, the business or like being at a club or like, you know, that and that's what was so great and what I miss about the days before any of us made it yeah because we were all we all had our egos and we all had our our needs and whatever but none of us felt like we were uh 
we could sort of stand alone or you know so everyone was sort of in the same boat i think is what i'm trying to say uh, yeah. and that's why we were all able to hang out every night and and party and slam each other and write and you know all that stuff together like i you know i think that's pretty much over i for think all, for all of us <laughs> i think that's over for i don't even know if that's like now there's just such a it's such a it, that's so funny you say that because i do miss that where it was like no one was assumed that they were they were picking up anyone's tab everyone was paying for their own beers yep yeah oh yeah absolutely man yeah i mean we were at work we were out no one, everyone was paying for their own beers. I'll take yeah. one more. Yeah. One Are you more. around? No, I'll take one no, more. No, I'll take one Budweiser <laughs> yeah. for me because it's $2 <laughs> cheaper than Heineken and I have no fucking money at all. That's so fucking fascinating. Because I, I, mean, I, I think comedy's in a better place than it's ever been, ever, I ever, think ever. so too, yeah. But there's definitely more alphas. Yeah, hell yeah. Every, dude, it's like, excuse me, everybody that we thought was going to make it or had a chance of making it has kind of moved up and then there's a whole bunch of other people that were like wow that guy <laughs> or like yeah there's a lot of people that i'm like holy shit i can't believe the success that they've had and then there's other and people, i'm not hating yeah. on them good yeah. more power to them it just surprised me like i didn't think they had anything that was going to be translate or turn into anything special yeah and then it totally did <laughs> you know yeah i'm trying to think of who you're talking about <laughs> of course i'm saying that i'm like i shouldn't be saying this I'm... <laughs> <laughs> no but that that is that's the weird part about right now but and and it's so funny is the other side of that is when you meet young alphas who assume they're the alpha in talking to you yeah yeah and, and you're they, like and they start telling you, you stuff. You don't really understand <laughs> what's going on here. You don't know do what you? we're talking about, do you? <laughs> I was talking to someone, and he was like, uh, "This." He was. He was just like. He was like. We were talking about the Borgata, right? Oh, this is going to be super specific. <laughs> we're talking about the Borgata, and he was like, "He was like, yeah, that's a I great gig too." He was like, "They, they the have music a, box, the music box, Fuck, man. but there's a club there too." Right. And he was like, I don't know, they pay shit money. I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, I mean, I think. And he was like, I was like... This is a young guy? Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. And he was like, uh, how did you, did you sell it out? And I said, yeah. And he goes, yeah, me too. And I, it was bullshit. I mean, I, compared to what they brought in. And I was like, in my head, I'm like doing the math on what I got. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and he was like, let me tell you something what you got to do. And he started telling me what I, was, I had to do. About, now I really want to know who you're talking I'll, about. Don't worry, I'll tell you. And so <laughs> I'll tell you who I was talking about too. And he was he was like, I'll tell you what you got to do. And he was, by the way, he's like probably I, I don't know, maybe 15 years, 16 years younger than me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like listening to him, and I'm taking his advice. And halfway through, I realized he's talking about the comedy club, and I'm talking and about you're talking the music about box. the theater. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and then I just oh, stopped him, right. and I go, Are you talking about the music box? He goes, What's the music box? And I go seats 900 and he was like they have a room that seats 900 and i was like yeah i'm sorry man i can't be in this conversation <laughs> and he was like wait 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 they have a room that seats 900 what does that pay and i was I like it's seat 11 i was i does it i thought it was 11 maybe it was 11 i was but i was doesn't like doesn't matter but yeah you said there's a club there you meant there's a comedy club within the borgata there's a comedy club called i didn't the know that comedy club borgata comedy club no shit I, I maybe maybe I by the way the other thing that really is shitty is that I might have been talking to him about the Mohegan Sun 
Like I might have been, I was thinking the Borgata, but right. I confused the Borgata, Mohegan Sun, I could see Foxwoods. That. I put them all into one. Yeah, they're and, similar rooms. Yeah, and I've done the comedy club. I think he's talking about, and I was just like, I didn't know there was a club in there. I just, you know, it's so funny. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when we get done. Okay, but uh, but but th- <laughs> but then you hear like an alpha try to alpha you, and you're going like, it's funny. I didn't think of those young guys as as alphas, but you're right. They, that's how they see themselves. Oh, yeah. They come up and talk to you about, you know, exactly what you're saying. They're telling you stuff. You're like, dude, you realize I've been doing this for a quarter of a century and you're... Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to sound arrogant, but there's really nothing that you know about this business that I don't. <laughs> this guy had been doing it, I think, maybe seven to eight years. <laughs> shut up. And I was like, shut and the fuck halfway up. through, I'm going like... Wait, I've been doing it 20 years. Why the fuck am I ever listening to you? <laughs> By the way, I don't Why listen to my friends. I don't listen to my friends. Like, my, like that was the other yeah, thing. I don't listen to the people I should be listening yeah, to. Yeah, at all. <laughs> at all. Segura's like, don't ever do radio. Your shows are sold out. And I go, I still do radio. I owe it to them. And he goes, you don't know anything to anyone. You're going to fucking burn yourself out. Stop doing a meet and greet. And I'm like, I don't know. The fans like it. I seem to like it. you got to do a meet and greet, I think. I do the meet and greet. Yeah. The problem is that at theaters, it becomes beyond oh, problematic it takes a long time man hour, hour and a half i was yeah. doing a meet and greet at the <laughs> borgata longer than the and, show and i got sick Ugh. and so i'm like a honey pot I, I like if anyone's getting spinal meningitis it's me <laughs> i'm definitely getting spinal meningitis like i'm not even joking i want to i'm just want to stop doing meet and greets to avoid spinal men- i did a meet and greet with the guy in why Spokane. specifically spinal meningitis because it's it's because it's it's uh you can get it from someone super easy and so Fuck. I'm certain I'm going to run into the one guy with spinal meningitis. Dude, I, I think I already have it. I'm just kidding. That's what killed uh, that comic. <coughs> this took a dark turn. Who? God damn it. I wish I remember. Can you, can you mention his name? Yeah. I can, definitely <laughs> can. <he> died. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, uh, I forget. I always do the I, meet and greets, man. I do the meet and greets. Because if the, like if. If they don't come out to see you, then you have nothing. The Borgata Comedy Club, right? You have you have nothing. Without a crowd coming out to see you, and for, for me, I don't know if it's the same for you. For me, a big part of why they come out, I think, is not to hear my stand up. It's to shake my hand. I think uh, you know they want to meet the cash cab guy. Yeah, they don't. A lot of them still are like. Oh, I didn't know you do. I didn't know you did stand out. You know, or, I think you know what's so funny is I didn't know. You looking up I'm, the club? I'm trying to find the comedian who died. Reverend Bob Lee. Nope, that's not him. No, Bob's alive. <laughs> he might uh, have meningitis, but he's still alive. No. Oscar Wilde died from spinal meningitis. This has turned into a whole different. Animal. No, Let's there was look a up. comedian Let's see who has <laughs> who died. There was a comedian that we all knew who died from spinal meningitis, and I I can't remember who it is. Anyway, it's awful. <clears throat> um, I yeah, I I, I, I it, think there were a lot of people that didn't know that I was. Um, I think there were a lot of people that knew me on Rogan and thought I was just a Travel Channel host. Right. And and I think they some knew I was, but like when I came out with my first special, I think a lot of people were like. Oh, he's doing comedy now. Yeah. And you're like, no, I've been doing it this whole time. Yeah. Since and, way before any of the TV or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I think, and then, but now I think people, I I know that 
I know that this medium, that podcasting, is such an intimate medium that there are guys listening to this right now that this conversation we're having will change their lives. It will change their lives. They're in an unhappy marriage, and they're they thought that's the way they had to live, and they're looking at it, going, "I can start over. I can." There, there, there will be people that come up to me, and the reason they wait in line is so that they can go, "Hey, man, I was in a really bad place, and I heard you and Ben talking about divorce." That's- amazing dude yeah and so that's why i do the meet and greet is because i know that that's important dude when we do this sober october thing no joke there are a hundred dudes who did it along with us in every fucking line there are guys that get off opioids there's a comic in boston that quit smoking from sober october last year and he like hits me up and he's like hey man i every now and then i just want to thank you guys for doing sober october because what do you mean you you do that on the (laughs) on your show you do me joe Ari and Tom Segura, um, all it started with a, a soft intervention with me, where they were I found out how much I was drinking, and they were like, maybe we should all quit drinking for a month and not do marijuana and do fifteen hot yogas, and so we did 15 that. Fifteen hot yogas. Yeah, that was Joe, and so we did that, and it was really fucking fun. Like we had a great That's time. Awesome, man. We hung out that. a bunch. We podcasted to start it, and then we did a celebratory podcast after, and we told people to do it with us, and a bunch of people did it with us, and a lot, I'm not even joking, I meet a lot of people who go, you know, I started in Sober October with you guys, and I quit drinking forever, I haven't had another drink, and you're like, really? And it's like, yeah, you know, I I guess I didn't think I- they realized they could. Yeah, (laughs) dude, the way, for me, it's realizing I cannot drink is a big fucking deal, realizing I can just go to sleep tonight. Like tonight, I'm gonna go do Dude, spots at the store and the, and the improv, and I'm gonna I won't drink. I'll drive over there, and yeah. I. But that ability, it really opens things up, doesn't it? It, uh, it opens your life up. Yeah. It really opens your life up, and so, so for me, and then we just finished this sober October, and we had a really intense physical challenge that was very competitive, and a little a little much. <laughs> I think in all of our opinions, I mean, Joe's kidneys shut down. <laughs> like, oh my God, dude. Uh, not, not fully, but like he was pissing iced tea and, and, uh, and what I stopped producing, you guys I stopped producing semen. Um, Tom got the fucking flu. It, it, we all melted down at some point. Holy shit. It dude. was really was fucking physical challenge. We were, we wore these heart rate monitors, right? That measured our heart rate and gave us points for each percentage higher we were in. So if you were in the 60th, 70th percentile, you got two points. 70 to 80, you got three points. And 80 to 100, you got four points. And we said the person with the most amount of points wins Sober October and we got a championship belt, right? right. And we so were wait, all... How, wait, how do you... So it, re- it registered on an app. Right. So, but, so you, what was the goal? To get your heart rate high? Yeah, for the, the longest. <laughs> okay. okay, oh my God. And Joe fucking destroyed it what did he how high did he get his heart rate oh i mean he at the first month we found out or the first few days we found out you get the same points for being at 80 that you do for 100 because they don't they don't incentivize 90 to 100 because if they did then people would be dying like the people would would be having heart attacks so all you had to do really was get into the 80 and joe would just stay in the 80 for like five hours just working out just working he set off the fire alarm in his house because he was sweating so much in his gymnasium holy shit and by dude. the way he's got two gyms he's got one at his compound where he does J- jre and then he's right. got one in his house and dude he he took i mean he went so fucking hard it was ridiculous and i think tom and i went hard for we all scored in the 
in the top 0.1 percentile of the world of people wearing these belt heart rate monitors. So we all went harder than 99.99% of the world. But Joe was in like, there was only like 300 people in the world that beat him. Wow. And and so like... But so wait, only only 80 beats per minute? No, 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 no. 80%. 80%. So yeah, like your right. heart rate's so at 150. 150, okay. So you got That's what I thought you must be. He'd stay at 150 Whew. for like five hours. Dude, I'll do my typical workout. I'll do like a half hour of cardio. I'll stay at 150 or higher for 20 minutes. Really? Yeah. Are you still are you still working out a lot? Yeah, yeah. You I'm saying great. that's 20 minutes, not not five fucking hours, you know. Oh. I'd probably keep it over 100 or like 110 for the rest of the workout. Oh, no, no, no. We, I mean, I could be very specific about what our but, workouts looked like. Wow, man. That's I, crazy. I got out one day and I just was like, I'm going to run 20 miles. And, and by the way, I didn't even plan on it. I was just watching my points accumulate. I'm watching on my phone, just looking, going, I'm in the green. Let's stay in the green. It's three points. It's it's a safe place to keep my heart for the next two hours. That's fucking it was extreme, It was insane. Man. But that's why I do the meet and greet is that there are a lot of people that I think these challenges that we end up doing on, on Joe's podcast or on Ari's podcast or on Tom's or mine, they end up bringing in a community of people that, that, are, that are looking for something a little more. You know, they're looking yeah. for something. They're looking for a challenge and they're looking for comedy but like every now and then it's good to have a little bit of purpose in your life hell yeah you gotta have some kind of purpose but that's what i think that's what's cool about when the, our conversation is that people will listen to this and go like dude i'm fucking unhappy i i thought this would be more right and it takes guys like you that to talk about it where you're like well shit maybe i can make a change it's the hardest thing i ever had to do really yeah leaving but, my ex-wife yeah but now what's the what, how, how, how would you gauge the happiness where you are now to where you were then? For me? Yeah. Uh, when, add another 100%? Really? <laughs> or something? Like, Is there a guilt that like, comes along with being so happy once you leave someone? No. No. Yeah? Not now. I mean, maybe there was, and, there were, and, there, and there's concern for them. Yeah. Right? You know, she's not just some some girl or whatever. She's like... I was married to her for a long time. Her happiness is important to me. We have kids together. How many kids do you have? Two. Boy so, and girl? Yeah. So you want to, you want them to be happy. Yeah. You know? It's it's like, you, I want to be happy, but I, you know. And that's first and foremost for for a person is your own happiness. Not in a selfish way, but like, if you're not happy, how can you be in a relationship that's happy and healthy if you're miserable? You can't. Yeah. And, you know, same for the rest of your family and all that stuff. I'm way happier, you know. And she's okay. Took a while, but yeah. she's, you know, she's all right. She gets along. I have a girlfriend that lives with me now. Oh, really? And uh, they, the two of them get along how relatively old, how well. Old, how old is my girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm fantasizing about this lately. <laughs> I have a bit I'm working on on stage about uh, the premises. Um, I'm, the only reason I'm doing spots tonight is to try to figure this chunk out because... Uh, I think there's promise to this chunk, right. um, but uh, I want I I don't want I want to I don't want to grow I don't want to ever cheat on my wife, but I do want to impress a 25 year old. <laughs> like I I want a girl. The, 25 the, is too young. Oh, that's what I want though, because I want I want the I want to. I just mean that she's going to be really annoying. That's my that's the point of this joke. Is is uh is I go You're gonna be like you are so hot, could you shut up? The pre the premise I had was we we want to buy a new truck. Our truck's just fucking ten years old and right. we and we can afford to buy a new truck and so I go, Let's buy a new truck and she Leanne's like, Okay, 
what do you want? And I said, I want, I want to get a Range Rover. And she was like, why? And I go, because I just want one. And she goes, yeah, because you've seen them in LA your whole life. And you thought they mean something. And I go, well, right. no. Because she knows me so well. And I'm like, right. and she goes, you goes, just yeah, get a kinda. Suburban. Get a Suburban. And I go, I don't want a Suburban. And she goes, okay, how about a, a Tahoe? And I go, hold on. Why can't I just, what about an Escalade? She goes, you don't want an Escalade. That's too much money. And I'm like, I want a 25-year-old. So when she goes, what car are you going to get? I go, I'm thinking about a Range Rover. She goes, goes oh, that'd be so dope. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, I love it. Justin yeah. Bieber's got one, and he's got one with that. You should. There's a guy on Instagram who sells them. You this should. This is so cool. Yeah. Oh, this is. Your so... wife's like, you don't want that car. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and then yeah, so I, there's and then there's another chunk that I'm not going to reveal on the podcast. I don't want to give away the whole bit, but uh, yeah, you're gonna have to but, sell it at some point, right? But uh, I'm gonna. Th- but my, and then you get with your wife, and you go, oh, this is what I need. So, but every time I hear someone's dating someone, I'm like, how old are they? How old are they? So how old's your girlfriend? She's younger than I am. Yeah, twenty. <laughs> <laughs> you like how I just fantasize? <laughs> no, she's not twenty. Oh, but um, she's did, about ten years younger than I am. That's not bad. That's responsible. I think it's reasonable. Yeah, but I, it's not like I when I met her, I was like, "How old are you?" Yeah, and let's see if it's okay for us. <laughs> you know, yeah. it didn't happen that way. We're just able to talk. You know, when you meet somebody and you can just talk to them for fucking hours. Yeah. And hours and hours. That's I mean, that's how it happened with her. That's why that's why we're in a relationship. That's great. Because we just you know Did she's she... Australian. She as she would say, we got on like a house on fire. God damn. She's got an accent and everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. Which mate. is great sometimes, but when we're arguing, it's hard to discern like Oh yeah, fucking cunt. No, and no, like, she'll Jesus. be like Did you not say <laughs> oh like i don't know did, what do i feel I, like i'm on a drug I, yes i, was I did not drugs say that <laughs> just like differences in inflection and speech patterns can yeah. sometimes cause you know communication breakdown and then we're arguing we don't even know what the fuck we're arguing about <laughs> but generally speaking it's nice that she has the accent yeah yeah you know? that's great and then uh is she cool with the kids and everything is that she's like she's the... great with the kids yeah how fucking this is gonna sound like a she's really like a shallow nut, question so she knows oh, she's like, a health nut she's been so helpful in keeping the kids healthy really like and that and that's kind of the way that uh their mom and my current girl have they have a common ground that they both really care about the kids and doing what's best for them yeah and like when my ex saw that that made a big difference in how she was able to sort of accept my girlfriend into our lives, you know. And uh, oh, my wife will never accept my twenty-five-year-old bimbo. She vapes <laughs> in the house, Bert. Yeah, well, it smells like cotton candy. Yeah, but it's very sweet. It's a sweet vape. What were you going to say? You said shallow. No fucking idea. Something about this is going to sound really shallow. I don't know. Hold on. You're right. It does sound extremely shallow. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know what it was. Oh, I know what it was. This is gonna. I. I was like. I was like. It could have been that bad, Bert. And then I thought of it again. I was like, No, that was horrible. <laughs> you don't have to say it. You no, I'll pretend say it. you don't remember. I look at my friends that are divorced dads, and I was like, That seems like the life. Because <laughs> you go. Dude, I guess, that's not shallow. That's just you being honest. Like you just go like, Oh yeah, I'm like, Yeah, I got, I'm. My wife's got the kids. I'm going to fucking Cuba for the weekend, and you're like. Oh. You're like you and you, motherfucker, and, and there's no guilt associated because you're like I can't go. W- that's her weekend. I don't want to steal her weekend. Yeah, man. So I got to do me stuff. And you're Dude, like Louis had a bit. Uh, he goes, he goes, he goes. People say marriage is forever. He goes, marriage isn't forever. Marriage is for as long as you can hold out. <laughs> Divorce 
that's forever. <laughs> <laughs> some people can laugh at it. And yeah. some people, like you're in a healthy marriage, you can laugh at that. Yeah. People who aren't are like, that's not funny. <laughs> oh. You know? And you're like, all right. That's fucking... But it, it's kind of, you know, people who are able to look at it without emotion are like, you have the perfect life. You still get to be the dad that you want to be. Yeah. You see your, I see my kids almost every day thanks to FaceTime and Skype, even when I'm traveling. But I also have time that's just mine. And I don't have that. You don't have that if you are in a, in a successful marriage, you have kids, you have a house. You have, like when you're at home, you're at home and your dad, your husband and your dad, and there's nothing in there that's just for you. Except when you're like taking a shit. That's your you time. Yeah. That is a big dog, brother. Yeah. <laughs> fucking five knee surgeries. Is that the same dog? How old yeah. is that dog? It's got to be... I don't even know. She's got to be close to dead. She was here. You had that dog last time I was here. Yeah. But you didn't was, have the pool. I didn't have the pool. Yeah, that that was... You were one of the one of the first podcasts. Oh, I really? Did. Yeah, oh, I remember shit, I was wanted, I was trying to put audio up on it. Or video. Video, yeah. And I'd put a GoPro in the room and, and you told a story and I went in. I was so excited. I went into my house no right video. after you told the story. No, no. And I edited it and I posted it online. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I love thought you could say you didn't get it. I'm like, and, oh, then, shit. and then, of course, I just got trashed by everyone. They're like, the lighting's horrible. <laughs> oh, if you're going to yeah. do this, you need a TriCaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll, Jesus Christ. They'll let you know. Oh. We did a, my podcast, Tall But True, which you should do next time we do it. It's, I would love to. It's me and DC. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, you guys. Well, you guys were the. Storytelling. Well, you guys were. I w and I would say I'm a part of this too because I used to help DC fill the room. But uh, the storytelling. At, at the Boston? Or the. No, oh, at the Zinc Bar. At the Zinc Bar. Yeah, Urban Myth. I did. Uh, Urban Myth, I was the first three episodes or the first th three shows I was a part of with DC when he was trying to right. figure it out. And I was just helping bring in people. And he would let me go up wherever. It was his show, right. but he was like, let me go up wherever. And I told... Uh, you have great stories, dude. I told... I can't believe we haven't thought to have you on the show yet. I told three stories that all went into my first hour. on that In that room. <laughs> nice. I told three stories. I told... Uh, no, I told... Uh, I told... Getting fired at Barnes & Noble for working out of my underwear. I told... Which I, <laughs> I, mean, which I remember that never, story. It's never been in an hour, but uh, I told... I remember that story, though, from you doing it on stage yeah. at the Boston, not at... Uh, <clears throat> Not at Zinc Bar. That, that Zinc By the bar way, bag it, the Bag It In is now Zinc Bar. Zinc Bar moved from Houston Street to where what used to be the Bag It In. Really? Downstairs from what used to be the Boston is now Zinc Bar. Um, that room changed the way I did stand-up entirely. Dude, it's so funny that you say that. Because like he and I did it every week. Yeah. You know? uh, and Henley did it pretty much every week. Yeah. And most of the other guys just came through once or twice you know but so many people say that henley says that henley was like he's like man i never told a story on stage before i did in there and then and it just changed the way i do comedy i, I realized i could just tell stories on stage and i never had before i remember watching Chappelle do it do it one night yeah and he had a rough time because he was doing bits yeah he started was... to do stand-up and we we're like dude it's a story show the crowd's gonna yeah and the crowd's gonna just know like uh okay yeah they're kind of like yeah you're that sounds it's like, like stand-up bit it's watching someone do a trick and you're like, oh, there's no tricks in this room. There's no tricks, man. You're just telling a real story from the heart, which is what you do best. 
I do well. You speak from your heart. That's what. That's I think what, that was big part of what makes you a great comic. Buddy. Oh, thank you. But I think me, you, and DC were all story guys. We were, yeah, for sure. Like, in, well, see, I'm, but like, stand, my stand up is very different from my storytelling. Yeah, but you're a great storyteller. Thank you. Thank you. I remember you. I remember you bringing stories into the into the Boston and sitting down on the stool mm. and just owning it. I think you could smoke cigarettes back then. We used to smoke in there. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's crazy. It's so weird to think about that. I know, isn't it? Like, how? what were we thinking? Dude, we used to sit at the table at the cellar and smoke. Everybody. The whole place was a fucking cloud of smoke. Isn't that crazy? I wonder if that'll... <laughs> I wonder if lung cancer um, fatalities will go down now that smoking is not as... I wonder if there's a percentage of... Oh, I'm sure. I'm it's sure. It's gotta be, man. right? Yeah. Fuck yeah. What time do you gotta get out of here? I don't have anything. Okay. Well, I have a meeting at four, but I'm like... I, I have, can hang. Uh, I have fucking press at two. In the in the we'll so do like ten more minutes. Sure, whatever, man. And then, uh, but, um, so then, what's the status going on with uh, Cash Cab now? Oh, we're we're in the waiting, waiting game. We just did another season over the summer. Yeah, and uh, now we're just waiting to see if they want to do more. They're gonna and that has hadn't even started airing. No, it's they're already done. It's it's at this point it's once a week instead of every night. Yeah. So we did. We, I think we did ten of them. But we did an hour each instead of a half hour. Oh, that's great! And they were on, but they moved it around. I, you know, it's weird. Are they Discovery? Discovery. Yeah, but I'm not sure why they brought it back because they still don't seem to totally believe in it. You know, really? It's so it's so weird. I think it's a, it's largely like one hand doesn't know what the other's doing kind of well, thing. I think but. I think all of that is in transition. That whole genre of television is kind of trying to find out what it's doing and what's working for the networks. Yeah, because yep. like Travel Channel just just went entirely paranormal. That's so weird, dude. I remember like when it's such a uh, a constantly changing game with those networks. Yeah, like I mean, Disco- I thought you were going to say Discovery's kind of up in the air, which it is because they just bought scripts. They bought scripts that, which is Travel Channel, Food Network, DIY. Yeah, it's like twenty. It's like twenty six <laughs> channels or something. And and they now everyone's under the same umbrella. Yeah. So they're just going like, well, fuck. Are you that, under that umbrella? I, I was. You were. Okay. I was. I was under Scripps, and so I was. I was. Scripps was Great American Country DIY HGTV Food Cooking and Travel. Right. And so you were like, I was the only true travel. Not only, but I was only. I think I was the only true travel show. Meaning mm-hmm. we traveled, which right. was like. Insane that it had a network that didn't have travel shows. Yeah, everything else travel network. Yeah. Travel Channel didn't have travel shows. They because they were doing all food. Yeah, it was all. That's what food. I was going to say. I remember there was a point where people were like, I was in a meeting and they're like, just so you know, Food Network is all travel shows now, and Travel Channel is all food shows. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> it was why, and the, it's because everyone just started. Everyone figured out we don't have to do the same thing all the time. We can compete if people are into watching food shows. We can make fucking food shows. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All the networks sort of figured that out, and then it changed the whole game. When they brought Cash Cab back, uh, they were like, "Good news!" Uh, the production company called. They said, "Good Who news." Who is it? Lion. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. And you know guys. those guys too. I know yeah. those guys. I love them. They're like I my fucking favorite. love them. Yeah. I get emails from them, like when they're like got a new show. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I love those guys. Me too. They're like family, man. I've spent so much time with those dudes, with that whole gang. But uh, they called and said, "Yeah, they're going to air it." Um, the good news is they're going to air it between episodes of the network's highest rated, current, currently highest rated show. And you're like, wait, what's that show? And I was like, awesome. And I'm like, but what's the bad news? They're like, well, it's not such maybe bad news, but the 
The would-be bad news is that that show is called Street Outlaws. And it's a show where these guys are illegally drag racing on the street and like getting into fist fights and shit. And May fine, that's great. Not the same. Like, how many people are into trivia that are into that? You know? Yeah, it's not very many. No. <laughs> yeah, but I was struck by the fact that that show is even on Discovery Channel, because when we were making Cash Cab way back when, they wouldn't even have considered a show like Street Outlaws. Oh yeah, and it's just the whole the, the whole thing has just totally changed. Do you, know? you want to know something crazy? When I was on travel, uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't promote Ghost Adventures. What the fuck was that? A lime? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From a tree. God, I there's love squirrels here. up up in the tree that go in and you have eat a them. lime tree. Oh, it's, it's an orange tree, but they're oh, they're not just... ripe yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see the squirrel. You can see the squirrels going after them. I'm sorry to say, I'm much less excited about oranges than I was yeah, about oh, limes. Oh, and they're not even good oranges. <laughs> oh, really? They're horrible oranges. Now that was here. You didn't plant that tree, right? Oh, that, that's yeah. And my wife is attached to that tree. Mm. She wasn't attached to the two palm trees. She cut down both palm trees. We had like a hundred foot palm trees. Wow. <clears throat> but what I was going to say is Travel Channel would not promote Ghost Adventure, which was our highest rated show across the boards. Right. Because Scripps was a tad bit uh, religious, and they uh, looked at right. that as a little bit of a cult, and they're like, you know yeah. what? We don't want that to be our brand. And, and, but now, it, and now? They're, and now the Discovery picked it up, and they're like, uh, that's our brand. That's our brand. It's the that's number one show. Watch. It's the number one show by leaps and bounds. There's yeah. nothing within like, I mean, they're getting like two points in two points where everyone's getting point one three sevens right like dude that so they're across wow. i mean even that guy the guy that does uh destination unknown or something his name's josh gates yeah he, yeah he, he's I've not, heard of that show he's like an adventurer guy but he his real skill was in a ghost adventure he had a ghost it's he got famous doing ghost adventure shits no shit it's so funny that that's a thing I know a guy that went on one of those, like a friend of his uh, was like, yeah, I did this thing last weekend, man. You should, you should check it out with me. And he's like, what is it? And he said, oh, we went, we went to this, this old mental institution that's been closed for years and we just spent the night there looking for you know, paranormal activity. And he was like, what? He was totally a non-believer and was like, <laughs> fuck that. And the guy kind of called him out and was like, well, if you don't believe it, then what are you afraid of? Yeah. He's like, I'm not afraid. He's like, prove it. So we totally suckered him into it, and he went. And he believes 100% that he saw something. Oh, I, I went. And experienced something paranormal. Zach and uh, Aaron are friends of mine. They're the two ghost adventurers right now. And when I went to um, Alcatraz for the night, to spend the night at Alcatraz. You spent the night at Alcatraz? Yeah. What'd you do? Uh, DUI or? <laughs> Bar fight, shoplifting. <laughs> So you slept. I, I you... cut the tags off my mattress. <laughs> and I'm so, with the mattress police. There so, are no tags on these mattresses. Dude, that's how we got pussy in college. You what? Quoting Fletch? Knock on the door, and the girls would open. And we're, hey, we're with the mattress police. Thirty six. The tags on your mattress, and they're like, "Okay, come on in." And then we like flirt with them. I think that's probably sexual assault now. But uh... <laughs> back then, it was just good, clean fun. Back then, yeah, I guess a lot, you can't really lie to women the way you used to. But, uh, so but, you spent the night at Alcatraz. It's amazing. I call Zach. I go, yo, how do I find a ghost? And he goes, okay, here's what you do. And he gave me all the things like go into a, get, get lost, get yourself lost, get like, get away from the group, get into a place 
And then uh, you got to open yourself up. And he like, gave me this list of things to do. And so I did it twice. I did it once in like the mental institution part right. where they had the showers they used to hose people down in. And then I did one in solitary confinement. I got in solitary confinement and shut the door and was like, and it, by the way, when I say pitch black, like there's no windows. Couldn't I'm in, see your I'm hand in, a, in front in a, of you. You couldn't see anything. Oh man, I'm I'm getting scared thinking about it because I'm in there and I'm like I'm opening myself up and I start talking and all of a sudden I feel I feel energy in the room with me and I'm like oh I'm not alone oh fuck I'm, I need to get the fuck out of here and then I saw a red light and I was like hey I'm out and then fucking <laughs> ran and it but it was it was fucking intense and, and I got locked into a cell I went I got into one of the cells and they locked me in and they couldn't open it. And they were like, okay, you're going to have to give us a minute. This ha- done. And I was like, there's something. There's definitely something working. And I started fucking panicking being in a cell. Being in a cell. Alcatraz was pretty intense. So you were thinking that I wish you I had felt ins- like there was someone in there with you? I felt like the second I went in the cell and he shut the door and he locked it. And then he goes, so this is what, you know, he's like talking to me, the guy that runs the place. This is what you'd be doing. And this is, I got a whole crew with me. And, and they're like, oh, cool. And he's like, so, yeah, I mean, imagine that, you know? And we're like, great. I was like, all right, ready? All right, let's move on. And he went, okay, hold on. This never happens. Hold on one sec. You know what? I'm going to have to go back to the office. I, I think I have the wrong key. And I was like, uh. and I'm like, this is the paranormal interacting in the moment and, and making me get locked in the fucking, and I'm like, I, dude, I had panic. I don't think I could yeah, go to jail. I don't blame you, dude. I don't think I could go to jail. Well, it wouldn't be Alcatraz, and there'd be dudes in the cells next to you and stuff. Yeah, you'd have company, but still, <laughs> I don't. They don't serve ice cream cones in prison. I've, I've been. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, you went. You went. You went, you went to the j- to jail, right? I spent a little time away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in my well, in in my stupid youth. So then, so what's uh so life goals after this? Say. Say you do another season or whatever. Where, where are you going to go from here? What do you want to do? Is, is, is I want to act. You want to act? act and I want to make movies. Really? Yeah, I real. That's what I always wanted. Yeah, I realized like two years ago uh, that I've totally like forgot what I wanted to do. I mo- I moved out here to California to get into movies. I want. I, I've always loved movies. And they they were have been my escape since I was a kid, you know, and uh, like I would my I would wait for my family to go to bed, my parents and my sister, and then I would come back downstairs, and put and just sit and watch movies all night. Really, even when I was you know when I was like ten, twelve years old. It's amazing how this business can morph your dream into something that you didn't know you wanted and you didn't really want, but you like it yeah. and it's still fun. Well, I stumbled into stand up. I, I stumbled into a job at the store answering the phones, and then I was watching some somebody on stage, and I was like, I sh- I think I, I think I should be doing this. Yeah, like maybe this isn't a coincidence that I ended up here. So I tried it, and immediately felt like this is what I'm supposed to do, which was great and exciting and, and amazing. But at the same time, I just without really realizing it, I just took the the dream of being a filmmaker, and fucking threw it to the side of the road, and then. Years later, I kind of went. Wait a minute, what happened? I, I still, I still want to do that. I still have all. I have a huge board of ideas. I, I've had all these movies in my head for years, and I just haven't done it. So I started making them. Really? Yeah, yeah. I started making movies. 
short the, films so far. Really? Where? Yeah. Can, where? Uh, where do you? You guys can watch one on YouTube. Uh, it's called Blam, which stands for Badly Written Action Man. <laughs> written. <laughs> where I play like an action hero. The tagline is like the world's greatest action hero with the world's worst writer. Um, that's one that I made a couple years ago. And then what D- is it? Blam. B W A M. Badly written action man. What I didn't know when I named it uh, was that that also stands for black woman Asian man. Yep, I, that's what's yeah. coming up. Just whatever it's going to find that's, 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 <laughs> when they. That's everything that came up was best. So it's probably better to put in. Oh, this is great! You, you did it. You show aired it at Just for Laughs. No, that's oh, that's your stand up. That's, that's your stand-up a stand up clip, probably. It's on there. If you go to my YouTube, I I'm, got it. YouTube is Ben Bailey Comedy. Episode one. Yeah, Blam! Episode one. Nice. All right, I'll watch this. I'll, it's, I'll, it's fun, man. We'll put up a link in the. There's in a bunch the of comics in it and stuff, and <clears throat> we it just kind of fell into place. The, that's great. The location in that shoot, which is awesome, is like half a mile from my house. I just kind of stumbled on that. My buddy of mine had a chiropractor's office in the basement of that place. And I said, oh, this place would be great for it. I called him and he goes, well, the building's totally empty right now. So I don't know if you want to be shooting there. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. He goes, well, all right, I'll call the the land, you know, the manager and see what he says. So I got it super cheap and we shot the whole thing in a day. And uh, you'll see there's a bunch of people in it that you'll know. Fuck and, yeah. Uh, it's super fun. So and then, I, so what are you doing? Are you doing these, like, are you putting out this episodically? Or are you... I just put, I mean, we did that a couple of years ago, and I put it on my website, and uh, people didn't know it was out there or didn't buy it or whatever, yeah. so I just finally put it up for free, yeah, uh, hoping that people will watch it and that's what it. I think. And that's what I think the future of this business is. It may very well may be. I think it's create content, put it out, get fans, yeah, do yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. That's, my, that's been my whole, because I got into vlogging, uh, like maybe I don't know how long ago now, but maybe like two years ago, three years ago. Right. And I just what is just that? It's just video. It's just it's really just uh, like a diary, a video video diary. So what I was doing was I was editing, I was shooting throughout the day, and then at the end of the day I get together and edit it down to like a story, right? And tell a story about my day, and then put cool music to it. And I really got into it. Like I got I got really into it, and then I realized it was cannibalizing my life, and it was my it was very ego driven. And I wasn't right. being honest. I was just showing cool shit, right? You know. And so I got well, disconnected. That's a pretty, a pretty good observation to make, especially about yourself. Oh well, if you watch him, you start seeing that it's like Bert propaganda videos. <laughs> Hitler had less of an ego, <laughs> dude. That's interesting that you say that, because uh, as I get older, I have less ego, and it changes stand up. Yeah, like my perspective on stand up is so different. Like. I just don't have that crazy need that I had as a younger, you know, as a younger guy. I still love to do it. Yeah. It's just very different. It's just comes coming from a different place in a way. Also because I'm healthier emotionally, you know, it's like everything affects that stuff. It, it really does. I, I wonder if my, my therapy has been effective mostly in writing material because I'll say things. Like I said, I said the 25-year-old chick joke to right. my therapist. And I was just like, I was like fighting with Leanne about something. And I go, I just want her to be impressed with me. Like, right. I just want a 25-year-old chick to, ju- I don't even want to fuck her. I just want her to be impressed with me. <laughs> and my and my therapist started laughing. And I was like, oh, write it down. Yeah, put that in the book. Yeah. And so, but, but I think it is interesting when you come from a less of an, I think when you write from a less of an ego-driven place, you don't, you're, you allow yourself to take a lot more chances on stage because you go, oh, I'm not. 
My uh, my this isn't defining my night if I do well or do poorly. Right. Yeah, it's more about my personal growth and my as a performer and a writer and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. That's the other thing I've been doing. I have a, a an album of original music that I've completed. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Who's your fucking therapist? I want this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something I always wanted to do too. I start I mean, I've been making music way longer than stand up or anything. Really? I started playing guitar and I know you play. You played mm -hmm. You play well too, if I remember right. Uh, Not as good as Aziz Ansari. Holy shit! Did you see him play guitar? No, dude, he murdered it. Really, dude, that guy legit. On plays what? What do you mean? On goddamn comedy jam? Oh, have really? you ever done goddamn comedy jam? No, I haven't. Oh, dude, you have no, to do goddamn comedy jam. Yeah. You gotta do goddamn comedy jam. Okay, man. Oh, I'll do it. Fuck, you have to do it. Um, that's crazy. I'll check that out. I bet I can watch that online too. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um. But yeah, I've, I've been playing guitar since I was 12 years old and uh, never stopped. It's always been a hobby, but I always, you know, had these, like the movies, I always had these songs in my head that I that I love. And uh, so I, re I finally recorded them. Really? I started a band. I started a Sabbath cover band, which maybe was going on last time I was here. Yeah. Uh, and then after a few years of that, we really had a fucking great time doing it. Like maybe the most fun I've ever had. Um. And I was like, you know what? After we rehearse our Sabbath every time, we play a few of my original tunes. And, like, and we started kind of playing those more. We kind of got over the Sabbath thing to some extent. I think I did more than the other guys. That Man, they just wanted, <laughs> they would love to do the Sabbath again. Yeah. But uh, it made us really tight as a band. It's just three of us, myself on guitar, my buddy Dave Beck on bass, and uh, Billy Mutchler on the drums, who's, they're both fucking top-notch musicians yeah. you know and we just the focus on the sabbath and trying to imitate it note for note we just got we're, we're such a tight band that i was like let's record my let's record these originals man and they were like yeah so we like locked ourselves in and spent like a couple couple days just re, just recording we recorded 14 songs and then i go back and i lay over other tracks and i finish them and master yeah. them and I don't, I don't know what I'm doing really, but they sound pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I have eight of them done. Where, and that's where, my first album. I haven't put them anywhere. I don't know what to do with them yet. Dude, put it on YouTube. On you on just iTunes. Just put them out there. No, no, put it think? on iTunes. It's all on iTunes. Just put it right to iTunes. Oh like, fuck yeah! Immediately, maybe I should do that. Dude, I would do that in a heartbeat. Only because there are so many people that would buy something like that. Like we talked for a while, really aggressively. I wanted to do. A southern anthem, a southern no, a, a summer summer anthem. Right. I wanted to make a summer song. Oh, right, a song about summer. Yeah, yeah just like and like a good, a, a good party song. Like I wanted to try to make a Jimmy Buffett esque album. Right, but of man. the things that are important to me, like I, one of the songs would be uh, "I Can't Find My Sunglasses." And so, like, <laughs> oh, I like that. And dude. so we like we talked about it aggressively. Halston's a fantastic musician, a legit fantastic musician. He's and, not even. He won't look at me now that you said that. There. Now he yeah. nodded, and so we were going to do that. <laughs> like, and I, I, just, I do not acknowledge compliments, but I think I think there's room for that. I think that's a great idea, man. A summer, a, any song that's like a, you know, just from a marketing perspective that's like attached to a season or a holiday. Yeah, or a, dude, like, I'm talking beer drinking outdoors. Put it in while you're tailgating. You're writing the lyrics right now. You realize that. Yeah, beer drinking outdoors. Put it in while you're tailgating. Maybe I got an accent in some words, but I don't in others. <laughs> Write it down, man. That's a great idea, dude. Yeah, it's, but but I think now technology is such that it wasn't this way when we started. But you can just make it whatever the fuck you want to make. 
Yeah, Look at man. fucking Donald Glover is a legit rapper. He makes great fucking music. I don't know who that is. He was just a, he's just a comic. Oh, that's why I know the name. He's a comic. Yeah, but he's now a comic. He's, he's putting out rap he's stuff. He's an actor. He's a writer, director, and he and he has uh Oh, I know Charlie who Gambino. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He's in like uh community or something. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, dude, it's it's you can be a multi hyphenate. I keep saying multifaceted. I think that works too. Yeah. Faceted. Hyphenate is what you're saying? Yeah. Are these lights you mean like, blinking like to you? Or actor, am I comedian, stroke? musician. They're blinking, right? Yeah, they're a little bit blinky. Yeah, okay. I fucking... This whole time I'm like, am I fucking... I, didn't, I actually didn't notice until you said it. Okay. It might have just Now anyone out. watching this is like, it's been driving me fucking nuts. That's been killing me, man. <laughs> well, dude, it was so great talking to you, man. You I, too, I'm dude. So, I'm so happy for you. You Thanks, really man. feel like... I feel like I didn't ask you what you're doing and how things are going with you. I, I, but I, I kind of know. I, they, it seems like things are going very well. Things are going great. Yeah. I've, I'm, have, I'm the happiest I've ever been. It's fucking uh, awesome, dude. I feel great. I lost a bunch of weight doing that sober October. I, uh, I'm still fat, but I... But uh, I'm and so yeah, and I'm writing a lot right now. I'm really happy writing. I love writing. I don't mm. I don't like getting the hour ready, but I love the writing the hour and just fucking right. weaving it and then finding that chunk. And so tonight I'm going to do three spots just to like this one chunk I have and see if I can get it to work. The problem is LA is so fucking different than the rest of the world. Like if you you if, mean your your audience, LA is so. Uh, liberal and progressive yeah that you can say something here that gets a huge standing ovation and then you say it in fucking indiana and they're like all right hey man i agree, I agree with what you're saying, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah or the other way around or way the other way like i have a gun bit right now that is murdering everywhere and then i do it in la and it murders at the wrong at different places in it and right. you're just like okay all right that's where we are that's funny yeah. getting big laughs at, at different points in the bit uh there's yeah there's like things i say in the middle of the country get silence and things I say it here and it gets an applause break. Wow. It's fucking bizarre, dude. It's a weird world out there that difference in the, in the crowds, depending on what part of the country you're in. Yeah. I always say never do shows in the Midwest without a couple of fart jokes in your bag. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally fart on stage into the microphone. <laughs> Like you didn't talk about farts at all. <laughs> How do the, you do a whole hour of comedy and you don't even mention farts once? What was the tell line? I remember hearing this when I first started. Uh, a tell doing an aside of what the guy in the front row's thinking. <laughs> He's got a dick. Why isn't he talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I don't remember that. Well, dude, congratulations, man. man. Thank you for doing this. You bet. I Same to you, it. bro. I'm going to go run to Burbank and continued, do press now. Continued success. Oh, you got to go out and do press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got right, press man. at 2 o'clock. At 2. What time is it? <laughs> it's one forty, but it's only like 15 minutes oh, away. Oh, okay. You should be all right. <coughs> I'd much rather right. just stay in here and talk to talk with you. Check me on social media, everybody. I'm Real Ben Bailey on all of them. And, and then I, what's your website? My website is therealbenbailey.com. That has just tour dates on it. Uh, and I'm putting a lot of videos on my YouTube channel yeah, of stand-up because I kind of feel like people don't really know me as a stand-up as much yet. And yeah. it's kind of pissing me off. So I'm like, I should do something about it. So I started p putting a bunch of videos up. Fucking and great. Boam is on there too. And look for my music coming out sometime soon when I figure out what the fuck to do with it. Dude, thank you, man. Thank you, brother.
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.